どうして心に疑いを持つのか私の手や足を見なさい。73, welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, the only podcast that isn't afraid to get down with the sickness. Oh, <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And it is disturbing how much I like that song. <laughs> I totally, I, I laughed, I laughed when Jay came in with the ooh-ah-ah-ah-ah, so I kind of, I'm, the what? The, the ooh-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah. <laughs> I used to be really good at it, and years back I said if I ever lose my hair from when I used to dye it blue as a kid and stuff and spike it up with glue... That I would uh, oh, that shave my head, get the double lip piercing, and I would join Disturbed if you ever like parted ways. <laughs> how do you? How do, how do you th- oh, there, think? There. Like when he's like, how do you think that? Because that's kind of like his trademark now. How do you think he came about that? He's probably coughing really hard one day and just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 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 rappers these days. They all have, like each rapper has a stupid sound that they do. <laughs> Like, or, what, like or, what are you doing where you come up with your, your stupid sound? Or if you're a mumble rapper, their stupid sound is just their rapping. Panda. 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 Uh, mumble rap is the worst thing ever. I go browsing and Also joining us tonight. Uh... <laughs> and, uh, speaking of mumblers. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of mumbling idiots. Uh, our buddy Brian is actually here. He's not on. Uh... Say, say hi, Brian. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's couching it tonight. He's actually he's sitting uh, couch side. He came tonight to see where the magic happens, and he's uh, earning his stripes by sitting through this mm-hmm. BS for one night. And then he's going to be back next week to talk about some movies. So yep. we just uh, he just decided to stop by after Provide. smoking a cigar. Provided I pass the drug test, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. We're we very do. strict here. Very strict about uh, <laughs> drug use. Yeah, you, get, you have to use at least. Six out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys, uh, you guys just went to a cigar bar tonight, huh? Yeah. You guys are uh, uh, celebrating Brian's engagement. Engagement. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, you. man. You. What are you? What are you engaged in? Uh, nothing good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> marriage is the reason. No. <laughs> marriage is what brings us 
Uh, yeah, so anyway. Well, yeah, he gets, he's engaged to a fantastic lady, and they're awesome together. And, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. A.B., she's the best. Yeah. yeah she's, she's really cool. She's, she's a wonderful woman. Uh, is, are you going to bring her next week and let her watch this debauchery? or? She's already in bed, so. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, don't want that, we don't want that breakup to happen right after the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is this okay, babe? Are you okay if I say this? Okay, good, thank <laughs> can I can I have another beer? <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, what have you guys uh, been up to this week? Not a whole lot, man. Just been uh, recovering. Sick. This uh, oh, this man. whole sickness episode came out of the fact that we uh, all three of us recently have pretty much gotten hit with the plague yeah we're, we're finally bouncing back from it but, i think uh, everybody in the entire country can relate right now i think yep. it's like going around big time yep. so and i actually uh a couple weeks ago when i was working at church i, I whispered a sweet nothing into jansen's ear and i i gave it to him too <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> we were sitting there he was uh i leaned in to listen to something he said and i smelled him <laughs> You're like was, it smells like sickness <laughs> i was like oh it's too late if i smell it i'm getting it two days later you dude. smell sick are you sick <laughs> damn it <laughs> Um, there is that, like, we laugh about it, but there is, like, a definite uh, smell to sick people. Like, oh. when you're in a room with a sick person, you're like, eh, I don't know. Well, it's generally because they probably don't shower. They, like, just lay in bed all day long, and they it's get true. up, and they go sit to their doctor office, and... You don't shower when, you, when you're sick? Oh, I do. You used to having diarrhea all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I diarrhea in the shower. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no, that, 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 that only happened once, and I'll try to not be gross for a second. It was, I, I was young. I was, had the flu. My sister had the bad flu. I woke up in the middle of the night to have to go in and vomit into the bathroom, and I run in there, and she and she, the door was open, and she was doing it in there, so I run in the shower, and I just, Aww. both hands, it just starts coming. <laughs> it was <That's> amazing. Awesome. <laughs> I've got a really good story, and I feel like I've already talked way too much. No, 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 go for microphone. it. But when I was in college, I was sick one day, and I went to class anyways, and I was, as I was walking back, like, I was like, oh, I got a fart. So I just, like, <laughs> and I straight up pooped my pants. <laughs> and I'm sitting there on the sidewalk. There's people all around me. I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? And so all I did is I just started laughing, and I ran back to my apartment, and I threw out the pants. And I, my roommate at the time, he's like, what's going on? I was like, dude, I just pooped myself. <laughs> So I like, but you're 19. <laughs> and he wrote a song about it. And it's like, Jansen, Jansen, Jansen crapped his pants. <laughs> so he said that he was going to bring a guitar and sing it at the wedding. That's <laughs> all good, man. I did it like four weeks ago. So we're, we're, we're pooping buddies. It's I, I should have grabbed brown note beer tonight. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, dude, that would have been perfect. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure we'll come up with another episode where people have bodily fluids coming out. No, 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 we shouldn't, because that's just wrong. <laughs> well, no, well, we've always talked about doing a disease horror episode, yeah. and we kind of thought that this one was going to be it. Mm -hmm. um, and then... And then this turned out to it turned out to be different. I'll I'll tell you why when we get into yeah, what we're yeah. actually talking about. But it's it's sort of a disease horror episode and sort of not. At we're the gonna same call time. it. We're gonna call it mystery diagnosis. Mystery episode. diagnosis episode. That's that's, that's, that's the pretty one. good. Yeah. It's like one of those shows you see on like the Doctor's Network or the Science Channel. You know, it's it's like what's what's killing me? What's eating you? <laughs> what's eating you, pal? <laughs> My wife. No. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, now that that's all over, why don't we talk about some dumb things we said last uh, week? Let's. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, so. Uh, <laughs> someone's happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> UHF is a great movie. Um, okay, so we actually didn't get anything wrong from the episode last week. Shockingly, we were uh, we were pretty good with everything. Uh, the correction that I have though comes from I believe it was two weeks ago. Oh no! When we were when we were talking about a, a certain four legged mammal, and James decided oh, you son of James a decided to make me feel the fool. And say that oh, you don't say the O in a possum, and um, so I agreed with you because I thought, hey, hey, you know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, our friend Kelly uh, decided to chime in on the uh, good old Facebook, and uh, James picked a fight with uh, not only a zookeeper but somebody who is going to get a degree on animal things, and uh, she uh, she proved you very wrong. In my, my defense, I didn't know she was a zookeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't know she was going to get her degree in animal things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I didn't pick a fight with her. You're like, you're All like, I said please was... Please list your sources, bitch. Well, it wasn't... Well, minus the bitch. <laughs> no, I definitely said bitch. Bitch? <laughs> no, I, I no. All I said was, all I said was, can you tell me your? I wasn't being like forceful about it. I was like, can you tell me your sources? Because I've never heard that there's two separate. There's a, it turns out there's actually like seventy different species of possum. Well, I guess possum. Possums themselves are a. It's an overseas animal. It's a Australian. Like possum yeah, stew. What? Possum stew. Possums. Oh yes. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. You mean opossum stew? <laughs> actually, well, in Australia, it's probably just possum. I'm no, sure that's, they actually that's the them, thing. Is they they compare. Australians have an animal that they call possum, and they're cute, and they're fuzzy, yeah. and they're they're actually super cute. Unlike our um, possums that are just um, disgusting trash. Animals. Unlike our. Possums. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna debate both of you guys on this because it sounds stupid to say a possum. Nope. Uh, hey. Oh my God. A possum just ran out in the road. That sounds right to me. Well, that sounds fine. <laughs> there you go. But man. you don't go. It's in a possum just yes, ran do. out in the road. Yes, no. you do. You don't though. Yes, you do. Well, you do because it's correct. I will. <laughs> I will tear your arms off. Like an opossum. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm wrong. Okay. I admit it. Um. Chuck that in the wind category Ooh. from me. Well, you were wrong about <laughs> you were wrong about something last uh -oh. week. What's that? Uh, we were talking about the beginning of uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. Yes. <clears throat> and you guys were talking about that kind of endoskeleton looking thing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. T two. And, and Mike called it a leftover T one thousand. T one thousand is Bob Patrick, yep. which is yep. the 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 liquid metal. You're right. You're right. The T eight hundred. T eight hundred. I don't know. This is your correction. Uh, I, well, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, the Cyberdyne System Series T800 model. Okay. 101 Terminator gotcha. with living tissue and metal endoskeleton. That would be what. Fair enough. Yeah. I that stand, would be what. I stand uh, corrected. On... What Arnold was. And then also, you said this isn't really a correction. Just a, uh, just to kind of add on. You said something about Miramax Films owning Dimension. Yes. Which they? What movie were were we talking about? We were talking about. Uh, no, we were talking about how um, Disney bought Miramax, and then the, their their first slate of movies to be released were under the Dimension label uh, flag. Right. And it was like Hellraiser. And Hellraiser and, was and part of that. Stuff, so yeah. Miramax Films did own Dimension from 1992 to 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, since 2005, it's been owned by dun, 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 the Weinstein Company. The Weinstein Company is Miramax. Huh? 
It it specifically <laughs> no, no, says no, though no, the Weinstein Company. No, because Miramax folded and Miramax just became the Weinstein Company. Yeah, so it's two separate entities. Not I'd, anymore. What? They never they they they're the same company. They just changed names. If you change a name, it's a different company, Mike. That is so not true. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Okay. That's um, it, though. That's all I cool. got. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's all I have. That's good, it. Good talk. That's it. That's all. So uh, so like I said earlier, we, we kind of started off with this being a, uh, a disease horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and originally when we were talking about doing disease horror, we were talking about doing uh, talking about um, watching Contracted. And Contracted Part 2. Well, yeah. Possibly. So we decided we'll probably just at some point do a show that's just contracted movies. Mm-hmm. So we decided to uh, to watch The Wailing, mm-hmm. which neither one of us knew too much about, but we've always heard really good things, and we knew that it was about a supposed disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also watched Afflicted, mm-hmm. which is a, a found footage movie, a documentary-style sort of found footage movie. Uh and that also turns out to be not exactly what it seems. So, so mis- we're going mystery, with like a mystery yeah, diagnosis, mis- mystery diagnosis, and misdiagnosis because they they kind of think of these as medical issues at first, and then they turn out to be super not medical so, issues. So mystery diagnosis, exactly. <laughs> yep. Put a hyphen in there. <laughs> so, so this week Michael picked up. This is an ode. This is this this beer is kind of an ode. It's it's, it's very difficult to find a beer uh, that is named after something that'll kill you, and make you sick. <laughs> Typically speaking, <laughs> companies don't want to name their beers after uh, you know illness and I would, getting sick. I would disagree with that. I'm I'm guessing there's probably some. I'm out sure there's there. something somewhere. Just probably but it, not easy to find. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, so this is an ode to. Quite possibly one of my favorite uh, mystery diagnosis type disease slashy kind of movies um, ever. And uh, it's one of the greatest, in my opinion. And that movie is Cabin Fever. Yes. So from New Holland Brewing, uh, right here in Michigan, we are drinking Cabin Fever Brown Ale. Perfect. Now, this kind of screws us over if we ever decide to do the Cabin Fever movies. I think that we get a pass <laughs> if we want to use this one again. Okay, that's I think fine. we get a pass. This will be our catch-all beer. If, yep. we can, if we can't figure out what to use, <laughs> we'll just do Cabin Fever. Or Hoptronics. Uh, or Hoptronics. No, nah, yeah. no, nah, we'll, do, we'll do Cabin Fever. <laughs> <laughs> I will sooner reuse a beer than give you your Hoptronics. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kick you off the show and then I'll use Hoptronics Sweet. For... Jansen, you're in. Jansen, oh. you're in. Well, good. And you're I my, like Hoptronics. You're, so. you're my new co-host. <laughs> I haven't had I won't it let him, I won't let him have it. He's wanted to use it on the show like a dozen times and every single time I keep well, finding a, something else. Not a dozen, but... It's well, amazing. Like um, <clears throat> alcohol. <laughs> alcohol for cabin fever. Brown ale. Uh, the brown note. Don't be 2%. Don't be 2%. <laughs> <laughs> 6.5. Hey, there it is. By volume. Cabin Fever is a roasty brown ale and a hearty, comforting companion for long, mind-bending winters. Which, which this one has kind of been. No, not... Well, it's mind-bending for sure because we're kind of going through a weird uh, spike in temperatures mm-hmm. right now. That's what I'm saying. All it's the snow technically is, winter. All the it's snow is gone. mind-bending. And it's been long. But a, it is a spike in temperatures. It was pretty frigid. Out well, there. That, well, we went through a spike last week and now yeah. it's cold as shit again. So, uh, But there's still no snow. But it Correct. is very, very cold. Uh, pairings, roasted meats, Ooh. that's always good. Uh, dried fruits, gruyere, and smoked cheese. And tofu. And tofu. Yeah, I added that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I, I thought back to something that you mentioned to us earlier, and I want to ask Jansen, because yeah. Jansen, 
uh, last week you and I had a conversation about steaks. Yes. And oh, uh, you you like you like meat a lot. I heard that uh, you tried this newfangled technology in in the meat world today, which is what's it called? Beyond Meat. Beyond oh, yeah. Meat. And this was at what? TGI? This is the Beyond Burger and uh, TGI Fridays. A, a lot of popular regular commercialized restaurants are starting to pick it up. TGI Fridays you were at yep, though. Yep. Okay. So explain to us what a Beyond Burger is. So it's basically it's a plant-based bur- burger. With all your with a bunch of protein and all that, and a healthy meal for you. It's not just a processed, chemically packed, you know, like a Boca burger or something like that. It's all you know, a healthy plant-based burger, and uh, it's ground up to look like uh, ground beef. And mm-hmm. they actually, most places sell it in the regular frozen uh, cooler section with regular ground beef, mm-hmm. and they add beet juice to it. So when you cook it, it actually bleeds. That's crazy. Now I like for you, you're you're vegan, so I. You actually do like when you've told me things taste like meat, and I try them. Yeah, it's pretty pretty damn close. But from your point of view, you eat a lot of meat. I want to hear what you thought of the Beyond Burger. So I was I was actually really impressed by it. One of the things that uh, I've been I've had the opportunity to do the past few months because uh, my fiance has been vegetarian for probably six months at this point is I've gotten to try a lot of meat substitutes. And she does a lot of the black bean burgers, so I haven't had it. So I've done eaten a lot. Well, I haven't eaten them. I've been able to uh, try a lot of those, and mm-hmm. those are really good. And these have scared me because they like it's literally this perfectly formed disc. It has ninety <laughs> degree turns. It's it's a cylinder. So, so the way you're describing it. The way you're describing it. It reminds me of uh, Mondo or Mondo Burger from the Good Burger movie, and they pop up these boom, boom, these these perfectly the uh, engineered burgers like laser cut. <laughs> so when I saw it, I was like, that is so weird. But it, like the texture is a little off, but it was actually good. Like it had all the right seasonings. So was it meat? No, but did it? Was it close enough and still enjoyable in its own way? I would say yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I want to. So uh, I, when you bite into it, does it actually look like it's bloody too? It, it looks like burger on the end. It looks like a cooked burger. That's on wild, the end. man. This I want to try me, one. This is what kills me about a lot of a lot <clears> of uh, <throat> vegans. It's like I don't want. I don't want to kill animals because that's really bad. But when I bite in my burger, I expect to at least think that I'm biting into a dead animal. I want it to look See, like the, a dead animal. The, the, thing with it, the thing with it is I would call them more transitional pieces for someone, you know, Ooh. like uh, for, was... for, for someone who's trying to make that transformation from eating everything to, very, you know, to a plant-based a diet. Transitional piece. It's a very modern of... take on a burger. It's very nice, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's all I wanted to say about about meat and meat. So does that mean that it has a lot of trans fats in it? <laughs> no, it's good. I, I would eat it, but not all the time. I like to cook a lot of things all from scratch. So fair enough. That's myself. Everybody's different, and I don't judge them. So fair enough. All right. Well, uh, that's enough of that. Let's talk, <laughs> let's drink this beer. Yeah. Cheers, gentlemen. It's just loaded with lactose. Mm-hmm. Tastes, uh, it tastes exactly um, how I expected cabin yep. fever to taste. Like a brown ale. Mm-hmm. Like a... Chocolatey. It's really like chocolatey. A, like a disgusting, fleshy, just like, just pussy, <laughs> membrane like, like, yeah, it's just great. Just like it's unstoppable delicious. puke and bloody nose at the same time. No, this is really good. It is very chocolatey. It's really chocolatey, right? isn't it? Is there... Or co- like a lot of coffee, too. I taste a lot of coffee. Yeah, did you... Is there an ingredients list on this? 
Well, I'm guessing it's hops and water and... Uh... <laughs> oh, well, geez. Thanks, James. It, it complements the Java cigar that I had earlier, which has that, that uh, latte flavor to it. I haven't it. tried one of those yet. I gotta I gotta try that. I like the... Uh, what the hell are those ones that John's always smoking? Acids? Yeah. Like those ones are good. good. Yeah. I like acids. Well, anyway, that's right. what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. All right. It's the bleed feed made with beet juice. Mm. So, that, so that you think that it's really dead. You cut into not. this news and it almost looks like it's really bleeding. All right. Uh, speak, spe- um, that, that's a bad transition. Uh, rest in peace to, uh, pre- oh, okay, to, to horror author uh, Jack Ketchum. Ketchum Very, and very him. famous uh, a horror author. I mm. uh, wrote movie, uh, movies. Oh, he did technically write movies. Yeah. Uh, but novels such as uh, The Woman, Offspring, The Girl Next Door, Red, amongst many others. Uh, the Woman and Offspring being the two biggest ones to me because both of those were made into films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them uh, was directed by Lucky McKee. He actually also wrote a book with Lucky McKee oh, he did? called I'm Not Sam. Huh. Uh, yeah, so th- this guy's this guy's done a lot. It's, it's, just oh, a, man. it's just about a dude standing in a room and a bunch of people walk in and go, hey, hey Sam. Hey, Sam. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not Sam. And it's just that It'd be for a like great Dr. 16, Seuss book. So it's now just that can, for 16 chapters. You can hang out with all brilliant. the retired Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that sucked. <laughs> no, you but seriously. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna no, give it to you. No, but seriously, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, he's a yeah, huge name in the world. I know uh, Stephen King liked him a lot. I think Stephen King actually said that he was like the scariest human being on the planet. <laughs> really? Pretty sure. Wow. That could be a correction. Maybe I have my quotes wrong. Are you sure but... Stephen King wasn't looking in a mirror and talking to himself? I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's maybe King's delusional thought he was Jack Ketchum. It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, rest in peace to uh, to Jack Ketchum. Uh, did they did they say how? Because he was relatively young. Yeah, wasn't he? Uh, he had been battling cancer. Oh, geez, not sure yeah. what kind of cancer, but uh, one of them, yep. and or maybe more. Uh, the news was broken by uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, uh, oh. who was a star in The Woman, and then all she was also an offspring. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I rest think, in peace, sir. I think he wrote a segment in. Uh, XX too. Yes, he did. Well, oh, one of his one of I think it was maybe was one of his short of stories of his? was based okay. off it. Of, there's something there. All right. Yeah. I, I knew I had seen a writing credit by him for XX. So all right. So moving on <laughs> here. Uh, you're a big Pet Cemetery fan. Uh, I am. Yeah. You are a big Dexter fan. Uh, yes, I am. You are a big audiobook fan. As a matter of fact, I am. So guess <laughs> guess what? All three things have in common. Uh, we are getting an audiobook version of Pet Cemetery. Read by Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Boom. My wife. My just, wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife will just like she'll she'll just turn that on, lay in bed. Just, you're gonna you're gonna just go, let it take her away to you're a, go a better upstairs. place. Every single day, and she's gonna be on the floor. And you're like, why are you on the floor? She's like, I keep sliding off the bed. Oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, that's pretty cool. So um. That's your your late birthday gift for me. Oh, thank I, I you. I actually got him to do that for you. Um, <laughs> that was nice of you. I know, right? Uh, we talk about the Saw movies a lot. We like the Saw movies. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the music from the Saw movies quite a bit. Hmm, Charlie. Uh, a guy named Charlie Closure, who uh, it was... Clouser. Clouser, yeah. who was a member of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, uh, he's, he's not he, I, From what I read, he hasn't been since 2000. Really? That's what I read. Oh. 
Maybe I'm wrong. That could be a correction. Maybe not. I don't care. Um, anyway, though, uh, Charlie Clauser mm -hmm. um, is putting out. He worked on selected and then uh, re-edited and re-mastered, um, mi mixed and mastered uh, all of his favorite selections from every single Saw movie. And they are releasing a two-volume two vinyl set. Oh, cool. Uh, that is a, a, a collaborate, not a collaboration, uh Collection. There collection. we go. That's there the word. You go. <laughs> uh, a collection a, of uh, all of his favorite cuts throughout every single movie up till uh, Jigsaw. Mm, okay. So uh, that's pretty cool. That comes out in March, I believe it was. Who's putting that out? Uh, some company that I'd never heard of before. Oh, okay. So it's not that's not one of the big ones, which is kind of shocking to me. Uh, just frankly. to avoid a correction, you are right. Uh, um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are the only two. Okay. Uh, current members of Nine yeah. Inch Nails. Yeah, I knew it was only two of them. I wasn't sure if Charlie Clauser was the other guy or not, though. No, because okay. uh, Trent and Atticus just put out that um, the Halloween gotcha. theme. Gotcha, yep. 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 Okay. All right, so um, we we tend to poke fun at the uh, Universal's Dark Universe. <laughs> Those idiots. Because uh, <laughs> it sucks. And, uh, well, they just got hit with another hard... Uh, Hard dealing here. Uh, Ed Solomon, who was the writer for the new Invisible Man movie, which was supposed to be starring Johnny Depp. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Be quit. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's gone. This is like it's it's getting comical at this point. I mean, it's already been comical, but it's it's reaching like like pretty. It's this is maybe like... maybe this is all like just a ruse, and what they're really <laughs> what they're really working on is a new Abbott and Costello meet the Universal <laughs> Monsters movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Only it's going to be them making the movies. Gentlemen, <laughs> this is a rules. <laughs> Dude. Oh, well, and honestly, um, the Invisible Man with Johnny Depp, that was mm -hmm. one that I was actually kind yeah. of like, I was kind of on board with. You yeah, know? so was I. So that's I, kind of a bummer, but. <clears throat> I mean, there. he said that it, whole... sounds like, it sounds like they're going back to the drawing board. And they're trying to redo stuff, but just let it rest. This whole dark... Just let it rest. I mean, we say it every week. Just the dark universe just needs to die for a while. Yeah. And then... I, I think Universal, like the studio heads at Universal, are so... They're so enamored with the the Hollywood everything yeah. that I think anything that they decide on is, is going to be fucked up. It's right. not going to work. Yeah. You know, it, it's... They don't... I don't, I don't feel like... I said this before. I don't feel like the studio heads have a passion for what these movies are anymore. They don't. It's just they have a passion for the dollar. Yeah. And that's all they're trying to do and that's yeah. why it's not working. Except for they don't they don't Look know, at Del Toro. They don't know how to properly cash in on the horror genre. It's yeah. it's it's a totally different monster. Del Toro basically made intended. a universal monster movie uh in The Shape of Water. Yeah. And he's up for Oscars, which we'll get to. Yes. Like it's it's incredible. Like that because he has passion. That's how you do it. Yep. Fuck you, Universal. All right. Um, <laughs> so we uh, so we are big fans of a movie called The Lord of Tears. Oh man, I love uh, that movie. The Owl Man. Yeah. Um, this was a, a little movie out of I forget what country it was. Mm. I I don't even want to speak out of turn. I forget what it was. I uh, I just thought it was England. Maybe I I don't know. I'll look it up. But go anyway, ahead. Uh, if you're not familiar with Lord of Tears, uh, it's basically they're these these kind of like weird noirish horror films. Um, that are about like a, a big a dude with a big owl head and long creepy horror film. Why do you say films? There's only one, right? Not anymore. Huh? Well, okay. <laughs> all right. This is the news. Okay. Um, 
Anyway, the Owl Man was the uh, the was the was the main like uh, character in, in Lord of Tears, and U- it's been announced. U- United Kingdom, by oh, the way. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Owl Man Chapter Two has been yeah. officially announced with some new stills. Uh, it takes place in the 1940s, and all the stills that they shot for uh, this movie they shot on like an antique camera, so it looks yes. like like phot- like photographs. That's not a word. Photographs. Pho- <laughs> photographs. Photographs. Um, they look like photographs that were actually actually taken back in the like, the 40s. They look really cool. Like uh like they have the owl man perched up on like the top of like a um he's in a doorway, but it looks like it looks like the old um like California landscape behind him like they used to use for like Star Trek for the uh the other worlds or whatever. Yeah. Like it has like those that kind of mountain stuff in the background. It What's looks this really called? Cool. I want to look up these images. Uh it's on uh I think Bloody Disgusting had it on their site. Um it's just Owl Man Chapter 2. I don't okay. think there's uh don't believe there's another title for it yet. Okay. But uh, that is coming out, and that's exciting if you're into the Owlman stuff. Uh, let's see here. If you haven't watched Lord of Tears, definitely check that movie yes. out. It's awesome. Um, Stranger Things Season 3 will not feature the Mind Flayer as the big bad. Really? Nope. They're gonna, mm. It's going to take a back seat. It's going to be there, but it's not going to be the big bad. They're going to introduce new things to it. Uh, also, they're giving Will a break. <laughs> This one will not revolve around Will just <laughs> having the shittiest luck in the entire world. Yeah, poor kid. <laughs> uh, what they will give us is more Dustin and Steve interaction. Oh, cool. So apparently they're building something around the success of that of that union, if you will. Yeah. So pretty excited about that. That's the only details they have given and probably will give for a long time. But, I like uh, Dustin, man. He's a cool kid. So do I. So do I. You don't like Steve, though. Steve's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, like you said, even after all the like, people are like, "Man, I love Steve now," and you're just like, "Why? He's still an asshole." Dude, <laughs> dude, dude. But Dustin's quaff at the end of of season yeah, two. That looked thanks, good. Thanks to Steve, that makes up for everything. No, I, I would have yeah, found him. I would have found him with, with the two puffs of uh, Farrah <laughs> hair spray. That's it, man. Yeah, man. All right. Um. So this is this is fun. Uh. I think the original Clue movie is probably one of the best mystery movies ever made yes. under the sun. Yep. It's getting it's getting uh, remade as we speak by Ryan Reynolds, which I think is fantastic. He will he will star in and is writing uh, the new, or at least has a hand in writing the new Clue movie. I hope he's not gonna he's not writing himself. Or, well, um, he's not putting himself in the mix as the butler. I hope. I would have. I don't know. They didn't say because who? Who do you think he would play though? Who else could he play? Um, you know, if it's a new take, could be younger actors and actresses in it. He could play the butler. Mm, I could see it. I don't know. It's got the word "butt" in it. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. No, he just, like Mrs. Well, Peacock, perhaps. Well, because uh, well, because Tim Curry, mm-hmm. Mark Curry, to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he just he absolutely slayed that role. Okay. And killed it dead, mm-hmm. and buried it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna really, really, really have to act their ass off to. You to don't fill think, you don't think Reynolds could do it? He's his, too, de- he's, his deadpan delivery though is perfect for mm, it. He's too. He does have like a good deadpan delivery, but he's still he's still too goofy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna disagree know, with man. you on this one. Um, okay. I mean, prove, prove me wrong, Ryan. Speaking of. Um, <laughs> Speaking of, no, this one's not really a, a remake. It's a remake of a uh, video game, Platinum Dunes. <clears throat> Platinum Dunes. Yeah. Good old trusty Platinum Dunes <laughs> is 
making a Duke Nukem movie. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Did you hear who is going to be starring as Duke Nukem? I did, but then I forgot. Hold on. Uh, nope, forgot. And his name was John Cena! <laughs> Can't see me. Yeah, no. Um, uh, that's... <laughs> I, if you ask me, I don't know, man. perfect that's, casting. I was going to say, that's it pretty spot on. spot on. Especially for the type of character it is. Like, yeah. Cena could absolutely do that. Yeah. I, I like Cena, and even in his movies, he's, he's actually pretty funny. He's super funny, yeah. 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 Um, now, I want to make, I wanna make a, uh, a, a, a what do you, uh, <clears throat> petition to get Paul, Paul Verhoeven to direct this. Why? As a spiritual successor to Starship Troopers. Because that movie was made so tongue-in-cheek, and no one even knew it until, like, years later when he talked about it. Oh, Starship Troopers? Yeah, yeah for so sure. so tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Imagine what he could do. I mean, he did RoboCop. Like, imagine what he could do for a movie like this. I think it'd be perfect. Yeah, be I think cool. it's a perfect uh, marriage. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of RoboCop, original RoboCop writer Edward Neumeyer is writing a follow-up to the original 87 movie. Really? Basically, that's the new trend in Hollywood now is to... It's like it's not remakes or sequels. It's like alternate realities, mm -hmm. you know, like diverging off the first original movie. Like ignoring the yep. like Halloween is doing the same it. Same as Halloween, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's he's writing it right now, and uh, hopefully that will move forward. I guess it's it's he's being uh, commissioned by the studio to write it. So okay. I mean, I guess you see a lot. Like there was the, the, for a while, it was all the, the remake. Hey, they redid this classic movie. They redid this classic yep. movie, or this Disney movie, or this, you know, to to get the kids back into this now, <clears throat> you know. Right. And uh, so this is like the new trend, I guess. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, it's still sequels, but you said you said RoboCop. Yeah. They already. I'm mean, so. They already did a RoboCop remake. Yeah, but it was. The, I guess I, the, I don't. The, I don't think I, the no, problem I was in the article they talk about how that movie was way too clean and futuristic and the whole point of robocop is to be dark and gritty and messy and right gross yeah. you know like and that movie just wasn't that yeah so he's writing a, a sequel now that more fits in line with and they want um what's his name to come back and play robocop um yeah. i can't yeah, think of his, his name? name um yeah, buckaroo, think... buckaroo bonsai yeah, uh, peter, peter right weller now. Peter Weller. There yeah, they you want go. him yeah. to come back, which who knows if he will. He's a doctor. He's like a neurosurgeon or something like that now. So who knows if he'll <clears> actually do it. They but, did uh, it. Weren't they redoing a Total Recall too? They did. And it was they, actually really they good. Did. Yeah, it was good. It was, was with... It, um, my was name with... is Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Irish dude. Yeah, uh, uh, Colin... Colin uh, Farrell. Colin Farrell, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It was pretty good, actually. I, I never saw it. that one. He is Irish, right? Yes, I believe so. Or Scottish. No, he's Irish. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> that goes against everything that we talked about last week with our lineage. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, last thing before we get to your Blu-rays. Oh, okay. Uh, we like Shudder. Shudder does fun fun stuff. Yeah. Did you ever watch, back in the day on TNT, they had a thing called Monster Vision with Billy Joe uh, oh, yeah. or Billy Bob Briggs? Yeah, for sure. So, Shudder apparently is interested in bringing that back on their streaming service with... Uh, with Briggs, really, which is pretty, which is pretty interesting. To me. He put up, uh, he put up a tweet <clears throat> saying, "If you want to see this, let them know that you want to see it. They're thinking about rebooting it. Wow. So that'd be pretty awesome to have like these old movies and then have him give the intros and like, you know, little clips and here and there. They, and they'd cut in between, like, like the way they did it on TV. I would imagine they so. Would, they would cut. They wouldn't go to commercial. 
No, but, but they would cut in between. They can do like mystery science theater though, where they take breaks every like twenty minutes or so, and then they come back and have him talk about it and give factoids and all or, that kind of. Or fun even stuff. do like fake ads, like fake commercials. Sure, that'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really. So awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. I missed the whole Monster Vision age when I was a kid. I never watched it. Oh, I really? only heard about it afterwards. Um, so I'm pretty excited that, that could actually come back and I could uh, experience it. I uh, what was the other one? Uh, this guy is actually, you can still catch him on TV. Some uh, Svengooli. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Svengooli? Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Weird, is he a Detroit like, guy though? Like is he like a uh, yeah. cable access guy? Yeah. Because I feel like I've heard the name before. Yeah. When I <laughs> when I finally saw the movie, was that right? Was that the right pronunciation? I, I, I'm pretty sure there were seven of them. Seven there, yeah. S's. Yeah. Sure. It was uh, it was put on or that was like um, hosted by Svengooli. Okay. It was pretty. He cool. was like the ghoul. Like I, I always think of like some. Uh, he actually he kind of reminds me of uh, Paul Bear, from. Uh, Oh, Paul Bear. Paul okay, Bear. yeah, yeah. Paul Bear. Yeah, from, like, I'm like Paul Bear. Who's that? Paul Paul Bearer. <laughs> sorry, from uh, you know, from uh, from w- wrestling. Yeah. yeah, from WWF or E or whatever the hell. F in his time. Yeah. F in your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do some blues here real quick. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You just got yeah. real quiet. For I a was waiting. There. <laughs> I don't know why you paused. All right, so uh, Robot Chicken. I didn't even know that Robot Chicken was still around, oh, to yeah, be completely dude. honest they with you. They still do good. Um, I, I always liked the show. I thought it was cool. But uh, Robot Chicken spoofed The Walking Dead uh, for the season eight premiere. It was called Look Who's Walking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's coming home to Blu-ray, which is kind of interesting. Um, the uh, it, That'll be out on Blu-ray and DVD on March 27th. It was kind of cool. They got the entire cast to come in and, and, and do their parts. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's got like a, a quick synopsis here. Uh, from Robot Chicken creators Seth Green and Matthew Senreich and their Stupid Buddy Studios partners, John the Fourth and Eric Towner, along with The Walking Dead creator and executive producer Robert Kirkman and showrunner and executive producer Scott M. Gimple, the 22-minute special is a hilariously brilliant parody Joining together two fan-favorite television series, the all-star lineup in this horrifyingly hilarious special includes The Walking Dead cast, Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Danae Gurira, uh, Melissa McBride, Lauren Cohen, Stephen Yen, Sarah Wayne, Callies, and, uh, as well as Nerdist Industries CEO and Talking Dead. Talking Head. It says Talking Dead. Oh, Talking Dead host. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> Chris Hardwick and Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer, what the hell has he been up to? Not this, apparently. Yeah, I guess. By the way, have you watched have you watched that uh, that show that Chris Hardwick hosts now called The Wall? Uh, no. Where they drop like they it's like it's like Plinko. Yes, it's like yes. Plinko I watch it at your house. A, I watch it at your house. It's it's nerve wracking. It, 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 it really is. It's like the most <laughs> intense game show I've ever seen. I'm I not wanna... gonna lie. There was a girl that won like like two million dollars something like that, and then she lost it all in one turn. Yeah. And I got a lot of joy in my heart because Why? She, because she seemed like a mega bitch. It's I was like, like <laughs> <laughs> you. So it's a giant Plinko. It's Basically, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a it's like a fifty foot high Plinko, and they drop these giant. Uh, balls, yeah. and then it, and then it's mixed with trivia. Like one person stays out at the wall, and then one person is back in like a, uh, an isolation room, and they answer trivia questions to either turn the ball red or turn the ball green. Gotcha. So it either gives you money or takes money away. It's it's intense, dude. Like it gets really crazy. It's like the circus. It is yeah. like the circus. Or camping. Or camping. <laughs> what? 
intense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Michael. Slow on the uptake tonight, boys. Uh, so there was an announcement back in 2016 that the 1988 film Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, yeah, was getting a Blu-ray release from a German company mm-hmm. called Cinespectral Films. Um, it was set to be released in December. It was pushed back a few times before being canceled entirely last August. Uh, Cinespectral went under completely, okay. killing the release. So uh, today um, on Facebook, Arrow teased that they will be releasing that on Blu-ray. <coughs> so not a cool. lot of details for that, but uh, if you're an Elvira fan, mm-hmm. I, I am. Another Arrow release. They're not going to slouch on it. So I'm an Elvira fan just because it reminds me, She's my dad owns an Anheuser-Busch distributor. And uh, anything you say right now is not going to convince me that this is why you're a fan of Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just, it's not going to. <laughs> why do you think it is, Mike? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's because of her assets. James. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, she's uh, she's, she's nice clothes. She's very, she's very intelligent, <laughs> and she's the mistress of the dark. She actually is very intelligent. You ever heard her talk before? Oh like, yeah, out, she's out of character. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah, and it, it's it's incredible. She's a she's a really cool person, and uh, and. Like what a weird character to have such a long. Like, she a, still does it. We yeah. saw her. We oh, yeah. saw her um, recently at. Um, or you might not have been there. It was one of the last Comic Cons. No, I, didn't, she I was wasn't at, at that one. Dude, I saw her in person at one of the last <clears throat> Comic Cons, and dude, she she still like looks just as good. Yeah. As as she did, way back when. Like yeah, it's crazy. Like, sure. She's she doesn't age. She's mm. timeless. That's like, it's, because it's, she's a, a mistress of the dark. You idiot. Oh, that, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. No, but she, my dad owns an Anheuser Busch distributor, and he and and she used to be the spokesperson for Budweiser, mm. like back in the nine, uh, probably at the eighties, maybe like late eighties, early nineties. So I always, my dad always had like uh, down in the basement, like in the poker room, he always had. Was her tagline tin what, cutouts of her and what's stuff her like that? My cans are Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I right? think it was actually something like that. <laughs> they they knew what they were marketing. They knew the audience they were marketing to. Um, all right. So Dario Argento. Who's that? Uh, he's made a couple of movies. Oh yeah. Uh, one oh, in- he made that Dawn of the Dead movie. Yes, that's the one. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> no, one in particular that uh, might ring a bell for some of you is Suspiria. Yes. Uh, March thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Uh, this has been super anticipated. People have been waiting for this release is for this a long time. Is this the restoration? This is the uh, 4K restoration gotcha. of the original uncut, uncensored 35mm Italian camera negative. Nice. So it's uh, it's the real deal. It's got a ton of ton of uh, special features coming out with it. The list is like way too long for me to even tell you right now. The cover art is really cool. Uh, oh, it's a two-disc Blu-ray. Who's putting this up? Um, this is I lost it. Who the hell is putting this? Uh, Synapse. Oh, Synapse. Syna- okay. Sy- I always say, say Synapse. It's probably Synapse or like synapses. Well, well I've always said Synapse because well, I'm American and I'm stupid. Well, not even <laughs> not <laughs> not even Americans say it Synapse. Well, this one does. <laughs> it's Synapse. <laughs> you son. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I uh, I lost my last one. Oh, okay. So documentary. Yeah. Speaking of Pet Cemetery, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, Unearthed and Untold, the path to Pet Cemetery is coming to Blu-ray also on March 13th, 2018. So, a lot going on in March. You can buy me this and uh, and Suspiria for my birthday. I already got you Michael C. Hall. Oh, 
Damn it. That was expensive. Okay. Mm, I right. paid him at least fifty bucks. <laughs> at least. Um so this is uh this yeah, this is a uh uh a documentary about Pet Cemetery. I mean it doesn't you're get much better me, than that. You're selling it? me real hard here. <laughs> Did I tell you it's a documentary? Yes. About Pet Cemetery? Yes. March thirteenth, twenty eighteen? Yes. All right. Well, it comes out it's coming with uh, all kinds of special features. Audio commentary with creators John Campapiano. That is a cool name. That's a really cool name. And Justin White. Podcast commentary with creators John Campapiano and Justin White. We should do that. Say that ten times faster. We should do podcast commentaries and then go to people who are releasing Blu-rays and say, hey, just tag us on there. And they'll go, no. All you got to do is give us a little, <laughs> just give us a little bit of that. Hard, hard pass. Just give us a little bit of that royalty money. That's all we need. <laughs> Uh, edited and alternate scenes, video interview with creators John Kimpapiano and Justin White, Pet Tales from the Cutting Room Floor featurette, Pet Cemetery, location photo compilation, documentary poster art concepts, rare on-set video footage from Rhonda Carter, documentary sizzle reel, promotional trailer, reversible art design by Alexandros Pyromatis. See, that's what I would expect on the Elvira uh, Blu-ray. What? The sizzle reel. The sizzle reel. Yeah. What is a sizzle reel, by the way? Do you know They're what that cooking is? cooking eggs and bacon. It's just a camera. I mean, I've seen a scissor. <laughs> I've seen a scissor reel before. Feather <laughs> me timbers. <laughs> Maybe you could scissor or something. <laughs> scissor me, Xerxes. All right, what else you got? Come on, move uh, on, move on. So you could. <laughs> you can pre-order Unearthed and Untold directly from Synapse today. So, all right. Oscars, uh, that's it. That's all I got for blues. Oscars are coming up in March. There are two movies that have, so white. that have nabbed a shit ton. Not Actually, year, not though. really, yeah. considering one guy's a Mexican, one guy's uh, African-American. So we're doing pretty good here. Doing it. The Shape of Water has nabbed 13 Oscar noms. That's pretty incredible. Those 13? are 13. Wow. You have Best Picture, uh, Lead Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Best Director, Original Screenplay, Cinematography, Film Editing, Sound Editing, Production Design, Original Score, and Costume Design. Wow. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, also, Get Out has nabbed four Oscar noms. Nice. For Best Picture, Lead Actor, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay. Damn. So, and uh, there, was, there was some stuff for War of the Planet of the Apes that got picked up. There was a couple other ones, too. So, like, genre is yeah, I all saw, over the Oscars I saw somebody, somebody on uh, either Facebook or Twitter, it might have been Chris Jordan today, said uh, that genre films are represented in every major yeah, category. More so, yeah, it's crazy. This is going to be a good year for the Oscars. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they ain't going to win nothing. <laughs> because they never do. <laughs> but... That, that's that's pretty actually it wouldn't shock me if shape of water cleaned up this year really yeah it's 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 that sleeper man it's like that sleeper darling mm. that i feel as though after he won best director at the globes <clears throat> i feel like a lot of people are going to give it more of a look that might not have before i don't know and though, it could like, be that sleeper hit dude the academy the the academy you know how like even it is a genre film and just that information alone like would make the academy turn their nose up to it. Well, they're just so they're they're just so snooty about everything. Yeah. Like if it doesn't if it doesn't if it's not about like World War II or or people going to Nebraska in black and white, then they don't care. What was that movie, by the way, that won a bunch of Oscars last year and it was in black and white and it was about Nebraska. It might have actually been called Nebraska. I <laughs> I don't have no idea what you're talking about. Clearly, it sucked. 
Or I like, know, or like, Man- or like Manchester by the Sea. I saw that. Did you see that movie? Oh yeah, it was decent, but I mean, didn't come that on. movie like lead it? someone to like commit murder or something like that? There was like a weird. There was a yeah, really? yeah. There was a really weird thing that happened with that flick like, right after it. Either won or got nominated. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, that. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll tell you later. But, um, I don't know. All right, that's <clears throat> the news. Boom! That was the news. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and when we get back, we're getting ill, baby. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, it's time for the tofu. Let's get into some movies here. Let's get sick with it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Getting sicky with it. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. So, the, so first, the, the first the first movie that we uh that we are talking about uh it, is is <laughs> we doing like a back and forth thing that's here? It, that's it. <laughs> Nobody's holding the do we need to like pass back a a, a, a talking stick or yes. something? Yeah. Here, I'll take I'll take it for a second. So from 2013, <laughs> this movie's called Afflicted. It is um it falls into one of the horror genre subgenres that Mike and I have uh have an affinity for. Oh, oh, yes. Which is found footage. True. Um we know that that probably Kind of takes away from our street cred a little bit, but there's others out there. I know of other people who enjoy found footage. Um, I think. Listen, listen. I, I think that the people I think that just, yeah. I think there's just so much bad found footage. I need the talking stick. Sorry, there's so much bad <laughs> found footage that people have written it off. But mm. when you find ones that are actually really good, I still think that that subgenre has just as much to offer. As anything else. Well, I think I think it was just, I think it was like market saturation too. Like there were sure. so many. Uh, found footage movies coming out for a while. Oh, it's like zombies. It's, fad, like, you know? it's like zombies nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Like typically speaking, I don't like most zombie movies because they're not done well. They're done on the cheap and they're done as like zombie exploitation almost. Yet you find a good zombie movie that actually like refreshes the genre and does something smart with it. Like Zombie Apocalypse Redemption. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that should be our first commentary episode. Oh God, you're gonna make yeah. me watch that pile of yeah. shit. Yeah. We anyway. should actually get what's his face, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I can get him. 100%. <laughs> then don't then don't let him know that I call it a pile of shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that this uh, Afflicted is one of those movies that is is it's done well. It's done it's very well actually. Yeah. They do stuff in this movie that I have not seen in found footage movies before, mm. which is the more first-person view type of found footage. Uh, and yeah. they do it so well in yeah, this movie. Yeah, they do. They do it really, really well. I remember actually seeing a, like a teaser trailer for this, or it, was, it wasn't even a trailer. It was like a teaser scene. Mm-hmm. And it was the scene where um, Lee, no, uh, Derek, yeah, Derek Lee, mm-hmm. where he jumps out of the window yep. when, when Interpol shows up. Yep. It's a uh, cool scene. And, and, I, and I saw that. I was like, that's really cool. There was that... Uh, like the first first person movie that ever came out, the hardcore hardcore Harry, hardcore Harry, yep, or Henry, I, hardcore Henry, Henry. I haven't seen it yet, neither have I. But it reminded me of that, like I, that that style of shooting. From what I've seen, I almost think this movie did it better. Really? Yeah, okay. I really do. The there is there is some. The, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but like the editing that took place in this movie to make everything looks completely seamless and mm-hmm. the effects they must have had. I, mean, I don't know how they. Maybe they did it practically. 
Like maybe there was a dude on wires that jumped from one building to another because it looked legit. Like it really, from that first person view at least, yeah, it looked ridiculously believable that this guy was doing all these crazy things that he was doing because yeah. of his illness. Yeah. Um. So I, I'd be I'd be very interested in seeing a behind the scenes on this to see how there. they actually pulled this off. But um. So this is about uh, it's 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 found footage and it's also shot kind of uh, documentary style. Mm-hmm. And and the reason it, I think it was done so well, the reason it looked so so good is because it it looked a lot like if if you're familiar with like any of the uh, like YouTube vloggers or anything like yeah. that. It looked a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Like they'll go out on adventures and they and they film their adventures mm-hmm. as they go out. So it looked a lot like that. Um, this is about two best friends. Uh, they see their trip of a lifetime take a dark turn when one of them is struck by a mysterious affliction. Now in a foreign land, they race to uncover the source before it consumes him completely. Did you... How soon into the movie could you guess where this was going? Um, as soon as he... There's a part. By the way, we we need to we need to mention I, we're usually not a spoiler-free podcast, but tonight we're going to be talking about two movies where not only have we not had a chance to talk about them with each other, you really can't talk about. But these you can't without, talk about yeah. these movies without uh, major spoilers. Plus, yeah. the second movie that we're going to talk about, we want we want to talk about all the spoilers because it was so awesome. All of the spoilers. <laughs> so, uh, spoilers. Uh, spoiler warning. Um. I, I caught on to what was going on as soon as he punched the wall. I Well, did you know exactly what it was or just that there was something there? I'm talking about exactly, like, did you pinpoint the big V? Oh, uh, the big V. The big V. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you pinpoint that? When, when did you pinpoint that exactly? Um, I, th- I think, uh, okay, so, so uh, we'll, we'll get back in, into the like how this all begins yeah but, yeah i'm just curious uh, off the bat though so so there's kind of three things that led up to it. it was uh he punches the wall mm-hmm. then they go outside and they're like oh man he's got like freak strength so he punches a, a giant block of stone cracks mm-hmm. it in half mm-hmm. and then they do the speed test where he's running super mm-hmm. fast and at that point i started to think that that's what it was well and also like well that tied into his state when they found him in the hotel room mm-hmm so it just kind of, it all kind of clicked to me at that point when they did the speed test, I think, is when I really started to think, uh, he's a vampire. I, I yeah. said it. I said it. You said oh, it. No. Big V. Um, I, I first got it the second that we saw him in the uh, hotel room after he hooked up with. Oh, really? With what's her name? Um, Audrey. Because Audrey. I, Audrey. Audrey. And, and the only reason that I did it, and I said it was not, not in that scene, but right afterwards because yeah. he healed so fast. That was my big thing. Like his eye healed in like less than a day, and there was just like a scar, and he had a scar on his arm. Oh, see, I was getting like so caught up in the story that I was not paying. Like they would flash yeah, what day yeah. it was, and I wasn't really paying too much attention to what day it was. Yeah, and then the the second big thing was, um, at the vineyard, because oh, he punches the, the hole. The he punches. Sun, the, yeah. He punches the wall at, right after the vineyard. I'm pretty sure. Cliff is actually talking to the camera saying, what happened to the vineyard today? I'm really worried oh, dude. about him. Oh, is that the... Oh, I'm getting my. I'm getting the timeline I messed up. What, yeah. It might have been the vineyard, actually, then. It they was, go to... it. So, so basically, let me set this up real quick. Um, you have these two guys, two young guys, 
they've been friends forever, and I, I thought it was really cool that uh, with well, within you can this, tell that they were friends. Yeah, for a long with, time. Like, like within these dudes the grew up making movies. Within the setup shots of this documentary that they're filming, they showed a bunch of uh, video footage and pictures of the two of them when they were younger hanging mm-hmm. out. So it's it's obvious that these two guys were actually friends for a good portion of their life, and they play themselves yep. in the movie. They Derek play and Derek Cliff. Lee and Cliff Prouse. And um, so they they decide to go on this trip, a one-year-long trip uh, across the world. And uh, one of the big reasons that they're going out is because Derek Lee has what essentially amounts to a, an aneurysm oh, it, in his wait, brain. It's like a, it's like a time bomb. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a bundle of uh, blood vessels no. in his brain that are just kind of all a mess. Like they're yeah. all tangled together, and and doctors say. We don't know when it's going to rupture, if it's going to rupture. So he decides that he just wants to grab the world by the balls and, and do it. So If he's going to go and do this big trip he's always wanted to do, now is the He's got to do it when he's young, yeah. Yep. So See. they decide to go out and do this and, and document the whole thing. Yeah, because travel Cliff, around the world, gone for a year, like, right. huge ordeal. So Cliff, being the uh, the cameraman that he is, takes a, a giant backpack full of equipment, and that's kind of where the first person thing comes in he's actually got like a like a vest that he puts on and then he straps an slr s slr yeah dslr 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 to his chest which this came out in 2013 was that i were gopros big back then because it I mean, seems were, like it seems like around, every, it yeah, seems like but... everything he was doing because that 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 rig that he was strapping onto his chest was a pretty big rig. Like it seems like yeah. you could get that stuff done with a GoPro nowadays. Yeah, and GoPros were definitely around in 2013, at least you know oh, first yeah. first gen ones at least. But yeah, maybe they didn't. Maybe GoPro hadn't come out with all the uh, accessories yet. Like as far as because now you can put them on everything. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, there's no, a they there's have a scene. Yeah, they there's a scene because yep. they when they're in Paris, they meet up with their friends from this band called Unalaska. Called Unalaska, which is that's pretty interesting, and mm-hmm. it's in and of itself. I'll get into that in a minute, but they meet up with their friends, and he does have uh, a GoPro attached yeah, to his guitar right. at one point. So uh, yeah, they they meet up with their buddies. They they're spending some time in France. Uh, they decide that they want to get Derek laid. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. They're out. This whole scene reminded me a little bit of um, when we go out. The well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except for except for Derek actually goes home with a girl. Shit. <laughs> no, hey, I, I went home with an Asian guy once. It, re- <laughs> 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 it, it reminded me. It reminded me of uh, the first VHS movie. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. Because yep. because in that movie there so the, uh, uh, was it the gargoyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in that movie they're doing uh they're taking footage with the the spy glasses. Yep. So it's kind of the same like first person mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. And that that whole scene in the bar reminded me of that. And I was like when he's when he first like sees him talking to Audrey, I was like, yeah, that chick's going to mess Audrey. his life. Audrey. <laughs> I was like <laughs> that chick's definitely going to mess his life up. Yep. So um so Long story short, he goes back and and hooks up with this girl, and they decide to go back and uh, and do the the, the Turkish, Turkish the Turkish, Turkish cock, cock block. block which um, I I need to I need to point this out. <laughs> when me and you lived in the apartment, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times we were outside the bedroom door about to give you the good old fashioned Turkish cock block. <laughs> it happened so often that I can't even. <laughs> I thought. It, didn't you guys do it once? No. Well, no. we we yelled oh. we yelled at you guys through the door. But we didn't do it out of respect for your now wife. 
Not for you. Fuck you. But yeah, out yeah, of respect yeah. for Aaron, we didn't do it. That's the, that's da- that's damn decent of you guys. No, I well, because I had a I had a saying, kind of a motto, back in the day, and it was prepare yourself. Pre- prepare yourself. Yeah, and Spooner. <laughs> and these guys would yell prepare yourself at me, and then I would yell back Spooner. <laughs> Spoonie is my nickname. In case I, I don't think I've ever actually said that. And on then this we would. Show. And then the, the whole idea is that we'd bust in the door and smack you on the ass as hard as we possibly could. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they. I think you guys actually yelled at one time. We did. We did. And did I reply? You did. That's right. But we never busted in out of respect for your lovely wife. You're damn right I did. <laughs> and you're damn right you did. Uh, so thank you for not doing hey, that. Hey, we were real buds. You were. Is that you lights? Wanna... <laughs> um, actually, so... is there another cat feeder? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'd rather have a love actually. Um, so so they end up they end up in Paris. He hooks up with this girl. They go back to do the Turkish cock block, and they find him passed out and bloodied up on the bed. Yeah. And uh, and then things take a wicked turn after that. Like which you he, think? Which you think? From the, in the moment, you think he had his aneurysm. That's what I thought. Like because he was bleeding from the ear. Like you thought maybe like something had burst in his head. I, he had blood like all of his shoulder. The and first stuff that like I saw it. was on his pillow. Oh, though. So yeah. I figured like, he had something in his head burst and it was coming out of his ear. Like that was the first thing that I thought. I don't know that if you. I don't know that it would, but it's just where my mind went. Yeah, that's you know? fair. I, I actually, I, I kind of like I, I actually don't know. I wonder. I don't think that would happen. Like if you had an aneurysm burst in your head, like if it, probably not. I don't know. I'm but not. A, I'm not a doctor. Damn I'm, it. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um. But uh. So then. So then after that, things start to things start to get weird, which really bummed me out because they were having like the time of their lives. Mm-hmm. They were. They were. Uh, they were skydiving. They were like just trekking around these cities just having a blast and they were uploading it all to youtube and all their friends back home were commenting on it and stuff they only got a couple of days into their trip too before all shit went loose they didn't even have like half the trip yeah oh not even no it was like it was like day seven or something like that (laughs) and uh and i was like man this this looks like a really fun trip so it really (laughs) took me it it didn't take me out of it but i was like I was like really enjoying their fun trip, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get to the part where Derek is like just being a stick in the mud, and just I was like sleeping all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and, damn it, Brian. <laughs> yeah, he ends up, he ends up sleeping for like a full like forty eight hours when they get to Italy or something yeah. like that. That's that that's a douchebag Brian move. What sleeping for forty eight hours? Oh, yeah. not wanting to yeah. go out and do anything. Not this Brian. <laughs> we know too many Brians. We need yeah, more douche, nicknames. Douchebag Brian. I was is... stuck with three of them today. <laughs> <laughs> three Brians, and one of them is the one we're talking about. <laughs> uh, he does listen to our show now, by the way. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I I already told you, uh, Brian. If you're listening, you are douchebag Brian. So just get over it. <laughs> um, so so oh, man. Not the again. Blitz. <laughs> the blitz. That's what my wife calls me. So uh, so they're they're in Italy and they and, and, and Cliff wants to go out and have a good time, but uh, Derek is just sick. And yep. he starts to think, well, maybe his aneurysm burst or something. Because yep. they go out to eat. I love this scene. Oh, I thought like... it was so cool. They finally he finally wakes them up, they decide to go out to eat, and like immediately he starts eating spaghetti and then within like thirty seconds he's just on the ground just puking everywhere he's got a really really cool body though because his body somehow turns spaghetti into spaghettios <laughs> because i'm fairly certain that's what was on the ground if you look at it it looks like oh it's all over the ground like they literally <laughs> shot spaghettios out of a can i'm not go back and watch it i'm telling you i'm going to now <laughs> um do we still have the the rental 
<laughs> we rented it on Voodoo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we have it yeah. for 48 hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, if you're sharing a Voodoo account, you can't watch a movie at the same time. Yeah, definitely can't. I got, I got we kicked, found that out the hard way last I, night. I got kicked out last night because Mike finally decided to watch the movie. Um, oh man! Oh man! <laughs> so uh, yeah, though the puke scene was great. Though. Yeah, like he's like it's it was like that was like that was. He needs a medal for that projectile. That, that was, was yeah. That was it. Was a lot. <laughs> too. Was it as good as the puke scene in Team America? No. Nothing. Nothing as good as is is good as nothing is as good as that puke scene except for maybe in the second movie that we're talking about tonight because that had <laughs> an amazing really puke scene. One, yeah. So all right, even even though we're talking about sort of misdiagnosis movies or mysterious diagnosis yeah. movies, there's still a fair amount of like puking and stuff, which is which is part of the sickness. which is awesome. I I enjoy a good puke scene, but. Uh, so, let let's 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 jump away from the the plot here for a minute yeah, and talk yeah. a little bit more about the uh, like the actual movie as a whole. Well, we were talking about how like this it's a mystery diagnosis, and uh, this is at that point where we you cut off at is where we start seeing his first symptoms that something is not right. Yeah, and it's not just your typical you know illness. Uh, aneurysm aside, he starts showing a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, symptoms that aren't normal, like uh, when like they go they go well, to a, well, they go the, to a vineyard and he's out in the sun, and his skin starts to the, blister a little bit, and he can't figure out what the hell is going on. Prior to that, the things that he's doing seem like they could be like aneurysm or like sure. he's he's got sensitivity to light, like he keeps yep. kind of like blocking his eyes in the sunlight. He's got a headache and he's puking and like this could all be aneurysm type okay. stuff. Okay, he's sleeping he, a lot. The, even the puke scene, even the puke scene. It was at this point. I was already wrapping my head around the fact that there it was a little bit vampiric what he was going through. However, the big scene that really, really, really showed me that he was, that there's something fucking weird going on yeah. is when he pulled his eyes out. <laughs> he literally removed like the front parts of his whole eyeball. Well, he takes his like he takes his contacts out. But his whole cornea like comes yeah, it's, off. Yeah. Like it's oh, it's fucking weird. In that one little split <laughs> second where. Uh, um, Cliff is looking at him with the light from the camera and yep, he, he has yep. his hand over his eye and then he takes his hand away and it's just, just like for a split gray, second like, the whole eye is jet yep, black. Yep. I was like, damn, that was cool. Um, which which actually leads me to my next thing is, uh, and I, I know we're jumping around a lot on this flick, but the um, whoever edited this movie, yeah. which I believe was them, I think they both actually, this was their movie front to back, Derek and Cliff. Like, They edited this movie <clears throat> so ridiculously ridiculously geniusly like every cut is 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 hidden by them it's like the classic it's the old school um there's a movie called rope that alfred hitchcock made yeah this is the movie where they're uh it's it's some they're hosting a party in their house but there's a dead body in the trunk in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the movie mm -hmm. but the entire movie is a warner it's like an hour and a half long warner oh really well Sort of, because film reels only lasted a certain amount of time back then. Mm. And so what they had to do is they had to hide the cuts to where they could change their film reels. And where they would hide it is if somebody had like a black uh, suit jacket on, the the camera would basically pan, like if my by popper the... here is the jacket, the camera would pass by the guy in the jacket, cut, change your reel, and then pick up from here and keep moving on. Which is the same and way And what it would do is it would hide the cuts in either darkness or a fast a fast movement where the cameras are being all jostled around which you'll is, never that's, notice that's the, cut. the same way they do cuts nowadays 
Well, in in a lot of movies, like they'll but, you know they'll pass by a wall or something. Sure, like a, they, like yeah, through they, a door they frame do or something do that, like that. But in this movie, in particular, these these shots are supposed to be fluid, you know, right. and that's how they get a lot of these effects shots in is by doing exactly that. You know, they'll cut, set up the shot, and then act as though they never cut. You know, they'll just kind of pick up where they left off. Right. And uh, the scene with uh, the scene with his eyes, they did it right there too because they show him like pulling his eye, like pulling out his eye. The camera will go down to the ground real quick as if Cliff is like 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 concerned about him, so he drops the camera. Yeah. And then when he pulls it back up, his eye will be halfway out of his eye, you know, out of his face. Yeah. And but they they the way that this movie cut together was it was genius though. It's so it was so well done. Mm -hmm. Um it was it was it was fun to watch because your your suspension of disbelief was really carried through because they did such a good job of hiding these cuts and hiding the magic. You know? Right, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, th this was edited by uh, another guy. It was, uh, oh, it was okay. Yeah, by a guy named Greg Ng. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so then, so then they, it, you know, it starts to get a little more obvious that something like it. It actually reminded me. You called me and asked because uh, <laughs> as soon as I got kicked off, you called me and you're like, "Are you watching her?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and and uh, you were the running scene, right? Uh, yes, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And um. I told you, it reminds me of another movie, kind of, and I didn't tell you what it was at the time because I didn't want you to pick up on the fact that he seemingly had, like, superpowers. Yeah. But it kind of reminded me of Chronicle. I I've not watched it. Oh, you haven't seen Chronicle? Well, I've, it, owned, it, I've it, owned it for a long time. I've never watched it. It definitely had that vibe to me, like, where uh, where he was getting, you know, like, in the in that movie, too, they kind of gradually get superpowers that they're mm -hmm. sort, sort of uh, discovering as they go along. But so they figured out. Both they found footage too. Yeah, yeah. They figured out pretty early on. Like they, they, they kind of do the, the simple trick of saying, "Well, we, you know, we Googled it, and do you, you know, like we Googled vampires, and this is what we came up yeah. with," which was a little bit corny. But at the same time, I feel like this is exactly what we would do. Well, they like also if, like if you started was, having superpowers, I'd be like, "Dude, you're a fucking vampire." Yeah. That's well, they what's also going on here. but they also played into the joke though too. Like, well, according to this, mm -hmm. you have you know. Uh, yeah, they weren't taking it too no, seriously. It was, what were the what were the, the signs? It was like the super stereotypical vampire signs. Oh, uh, you could you could turn into a, a bat. A bat. Or uh, you, have, you, you control have over control small over mammals. certain vermin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like rats and stuff like that. So and they, they and, were kind of joking around about. And Derek's just looking at him like, like, are you fucking kidding me yeah. right now? Like, it, it was, it was funny. Like, it's exactly what we do. Actually, I have in my notes uh, is that this would be us testing out our new powers. <laughs> yeah. Like me and you, if we had a camera and one of us was a superhero, we'd be out in the streets just testing that shit out. We wouldn't care about our well-being. <laughs> here's, here's, here's where, here's where things would differ with me and you. I think. As soon as we figured out you were a vampire, I'd go, dude, turn me. <laughs> oh, dude, in a heartbeat, I'd be like, yes, I want to be a vampire right even now. With a, even with a wife and kid? Uh, I could just turn all of them, and then, they, <laughs> and then they all live forever. We'd all be like a happy vampire well, it's family. Funny, as if, so not go, to, out, go out on like killing sprees at night and stuff. Not It'd be so to, fun. Not, I, yeah, I don't disagree with you, but not to not to ruin the ending. The, there's a girl that turns him. We didn't even talk about this. He, the girl that he, Audrey, Audrey, the yeah. girl that that he went home with. She's the one that turned him. Right. And so the whole point, the whole second half of the movie is him trying to find her again so that he can get answers for right. what's going on with him. And she actually says at the end when she finally meets up with him is, you know, he's like, why did you turn me this and that, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, I thought I was saving you. 
Yeah, she said. She said like, you told me about your sickness. Like, I thought I was being. Yeah, kind. Like you have to be. You, it's like, it's like, I know that you don't want to kill people, but you can choose who you kill. I, right. I'm thinking as bad people. Like you kill bad guys, right? Yeah. Which is what he does at yeah. the end of the movie. But he's basically the, the the vampire Dexter at the end. But <laughs> yeah, but though, like she heard that he was going to die. Right. And so that was her mark. Right. I don't. I can't blame her for that. No. I really can't blame her. No. You know. No, maybe like, maybe stick around and tell him. <laughs> I mean, like, don't just don't just fuck him, bite him, and dump him. But <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it's have a little class. There's an adjustment period when you realize that you're a vampire. But uh, you know, is it really that? It'd be bad? nice to have a coach through it, though. Is all I'm saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, couldn't they hang out, me buddies? Exactly. Sort of. Hey, well, he did try to kill out. her, though. Don't freak out. You're a vampire. <laughs> you're a vampire now. <laughs> um. So he, uh, th- there was there was one part in particular where I almost got chills, and uh, and and it was it was a part where uh, they decide that they finally need to go to a hospital. Like the whole time, he's, oh yeah, the whole time he's holding out on going to a hospital because he he says if they find out that my aneurysm, if it's anything having to do with my aneurysm, they're gonna either hold me there. Or they're gonna make me go home, and then that means the end of the yep. trip. But if and you I, have an aneurysm, I, you should want to stay in the hospital. <laughs> but, he, but but at this point, like I think that he could feel that he was getting more powerful. Like he was at this point, they were doing like speed tests and jump right. tests, and he was jumping on buildings and stuff. Yeah. So he thought he was not only okay, but like, but like better than okay. Super you know? okay. That's Super the, uh, okay. That's the other a word. It's called adrenaline. Adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> not aneurysm. You confused it. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And and there's this part where they 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 uh, run out in front of a car and almost mm-hmm. get in a car accident and then the guys get out to confront them, and he ends up punching one of them in the face so hard that the guy goes flying back, and then uh, every once in a while it'll cut back to their YouTube page and you'll see comments from their friends. Yeah. And I got chills when because I didn't even notice it the first time through and one of their friends goes. Dude, Derek, did you just lick your fucking well, hand? Well, that was part of the whole next scene, though. That was the whole reason that he showed him that. The whole that whole scene was predicated on that comment. I know. Yeah. But when I first saw that comment from, I was like, I was like, Oh, did you not see him do it at first? I didn't see I him did. do it. See, I, and I, was I saw like, him do it right away. I was like, Oh, like I put myself in the place of one of the friends watching it and and watching my friend what lick the fuck? lick a stranger's blood off their hand. And I was like, Dude, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Dude, Derek is so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> hardcore Henry. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. <sighs> We've already given away a lot. We, we have. Did, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, like we can, we can kind of. I'm going to give away more too. But go wash this flick. Like, it's good. Like anything else that we say at this point, we're going to take. We're going to take away from the the fun of the movie. Yeah. So we go into it well, not we've knowing. Already done that. Not, not knowing <laughs> at least some stuff. Uh, but the last thing that I do want to mention to you though is that Cliff meets um meets somewhat of a end question mark oh, uh, in the movie yeah. i will leave it at that and there's a scene after the credits yeah that, well that, during the credits well during the credits or whatever and i was so confused by it at first I'm oh like, you were what the, what the fuck am i watching like <laughs> is that derek no i actually rewound it to see if it was derek taking the girl home because we didn't see that at first mm-hmm. and i'm like what the fuck is this and then you see at the very very end that it's cliff mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah sequel yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, afflicted. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I, oh, uh, sorry, God, there's one thing we did not even talk about. What? There's an entire sequence at the very end uh-huh. that is shot completely in first person, 
and it is incredible. Oh, like the fight, the fight scene. Yeah, it's incredible. Because he, oh he eventually God. he eventually makes his way back to Paris and and finds people who might know Audrey. Yep. And then uh, and then, but then the cops are on him at this point. Yeah. Interpol's on there, him. Yeah. So. so there's this big like fight scene. He's stuck in this building. Interpol's surrounding him. There's other people or another dude at least mm-hmm. from from the building, and it's like it's a first person like. Like video game, basically view of this guy fighting, and it's yeah. incredible. It's done so well, and you're watching it. And you're just like, it's so immersive. Like everything that he's doing. Oh, I love it. And in case you're wondering, because one of my issues with found footage a lot of the times is, uh, uh, like, I always, I always pose the question, why are you shooting this still? Like, yeah. if you're in a life-threatening situation, why are you still rolling with the camera? Well, this one's strapped to his chest. Well, this one, this one, he actually, like, he addresses that, and I kind of like the fact that he does it. He gets on camera and he says, I feel like I need to keep the the the, uh, the cameras rolling for Cliff. Yep. Because Cliff was so all about documenting everything, so I I like that he addressed that. Yeah. And, and didn't just continue shooting for no apparent reason whatsoever so i agree 100 percent. but yeah anyway that's uh that's afflicted uh it's on we watched it on voodoo i think mike found out it's also on on youtube oh it's on youtube YouTube and it's on uh, amazon Uh, Amazon videos too uh too so check it out yeah boy so uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah boy (laughs) that's that's how that goes uh so we're gonna move on from that movie because we got a little long-winded with that one yeah we're gonna get even longer winded with the next one Yes, this because will be... Because there is a ton to unpack. Yeah, we're going to tie you up for like the next three hours on this one. <laughs> Jay's like, no! No! I want to go home! Um, so, this is The Wailing, Ugh. or Gokseong, from 2016. Uh, dude, I don't know what it is about Korean. South, South Korea, Ugh. but they know their way around a, a genre. Dude, a, I, a genre. I tell you like, what, between The Wailing and uh, I Saw the Devil... Uh, like those two movies that we've watched in the last six months, I think. Well, the, the, uh, there was, I think there was four that we watched. There was uh, The Wailing, I Saw the Devil, The Host. Oh, yeah, The Host is really good, too. And, uh, yeah, I damn it, there was, the, one, the fourth there was one more, but I can't remember. But, dude, I have not been let down by any South no. Korean film. No. And oh, and not, tra- Train to Busan. Oh, Train to Busan. Yeah, dude, fine, oh, yes. man, they know how to I make would, a movie. I would say that it's not that all South Korean horror movies are, are amazing. However, the ones that make a splash on this side of the world, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, are they've they've all been incredible. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm speaking you I'm know? speaking out of my ass a little bit because <laughs> I don't know a ton about the South Korean horror market, but the stuff that, like you said, kind of makes its way over here is just gold. Well, I think I think what it is too though is that they South the the, the South Korean like, film industry doesn't have Hollywood. You yeah, know? they don't have the the idea of everything's made for a profit and that's all that matters right you know the people the, the the artists that are over there making these films they're making them as their their passion you know like they they understand the craft they understand what makes it good what you know what i'm saying and, right. and you just don't over here yes there are people working in the independent scene that do the same thing but they're not i don't know i just feel like it, coming from these other these uh, overseas uh, and then we're talking about South Korea, you know, in specific, they, it's just, it's just, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, it just seems like they, they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these directors from over there just understand the craft they're, and execute it flawlessly. They're so well balanced between tension and, and, and scares and a little bit, just like, just a touch of 
sort of like not right. really not really comedy but lightheartedness well, a little bit the director will say he put comedy into <clears throat> it sure yeah yeah i mean the the main the main character of the whaling uh john goo he's a bumbling idiot and that he, that actually and, and seems that actually seems like a pretty common thread in in a lot of these South Korean mm-hmm. movies that we watch. Is there's always the like the main protagonist is usually a little bit inept, yeah, and uh, and and doesn't really know exactly what they're doing, but but it makes for a good story. Yeah, so who cares? Yeah, well, because it's it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if we were if if any normal person were faced with this kind of stuff. You'd be the same way, you know. You'd just kind of be fumbling your way through. Oh it, no, no, out. no, 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 no! I'd be top of the mountain, <laughs> chainsaw arm in hand, shirt ripped open with the six pack showing. That'd be me. <laughs> just start working on that six pack, but <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, the whaling from 2016. Uh, a stranger arrives in a little village, and soon after, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman is drawn into the incident and is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter's life. All right. So, uh, a quick rundown of the uh, of the cast here, just so, just so that we can get these people out of the way, the players. Which we uh, we apologize for our our pronunciation of uh, the the South Korean names. We're not. I don't. I pronounce every name correctly, so I don't. I, I have nothing to. to <laughs> okay, you know. so hit me with a so, couple. So. Uh, so you have John Gu, who is the main uh, the main policeman father character yeah. of the of the movie, played mm-hmm. by uh, Do Wan Kwok. Do Wan Kwok. Uh, then you have uh, he has his wife, which is uh, her character name is Wife. Uh, they never actually <laughs> refer to her by name. <laughs> you okay. Uh, she uh, so I don't I don't she's have her name. A, she's actually me. her and the mother in law are the only two that. Have the, oh I guess the Jap well, never mind the Japanese man and the mysterious woman yeah that's the same true sort of names treatment. are not important um, yeah. so you have uh, so you have a guy named uh, Jung Min Hwag who plays Il Guang who is he's a shaman he's the shaman he's like the main uh, shaman guy that we're going to be uh, referring to mm-hmm. uh, the the Japanese man or as they refer to him in the movie as the Jap. Yeah, which always seems sort of... It seemed weird to me, right? Well, because if we say that here in the States... like You see the Jap over there? Yeah, it's a racial, it's a racial <laughs> story. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems weird, but yeah, oh, was, maybe over there it's just it's a little bit more... More acceptable? Then or, again, or maybe, not, maybe well, it they, wasn't because he was the outsider. Yeah, they were referring to him in a sort of... Uh, movie's racist. Like derogatory <laughs> way, so I don't know. Well, the, Jap- the strange Japanese man was uh, played by a guy named Jun Kunamura, uh, who was... A, a, Awesome. Like, yeah, he's I awesome. This is actually his him. first uh, South Korean film ever, too. So yeah, um, it's funny that we didn't really go through the we didn't really go majorly into the cast list for the for the American-made movie that had people that you would maybe recognize well, in it, and now and now you're going through in the fairness, cast list. There was only two people in that movie. Well, whatever. And now you're, <laughs> now you're now you're getting really in depth into the cast list for a movie that definitely nobody well, knows any of these I'm, people. I'm going through no, I'm going through though only because um, when we re- reference certain people though by name, I want you to know who we're talking right, about. Right, sure. So, uh, then you have the mysterious woman who is the I'll we might refer to her as the woman in white. Sure. Perhaps. Yeah. Um she is Wu Hee Chun. Mhm. Uh, and then also then you have the daughter of the policeman Hyojin. 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 Yeah. Um, played by Hon Hee Kim. Yeah. So those are your those are your main your main players in the flick, and we're gonna we're gonna reference people a lot in this. So there's some other ones too that we didn't mention, but these are the main ones. <laughs> so there's there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Uh, yeah. This is like we said. Uh, it, it starts off with. Um, with what is seemingly a, a, a disease of some kind. Yeah. 
happening in this town. And that's the reason that I originally, like, when I texted Mike, I was like, well, let's do these two films and we'll do disease horror. And then both of them turned out to be well, not that's, not really about diseases. That's There's what happens like a, when you choose movies you haven't seen before and you go just on description. Because well, obviously they're not going to give away the ending in a description. Not so. des- not description only, but like I had, I had read uh, not necessarily reviews of, of both these movies, but like little, you know, blurbs about them. Yeah. And, you know, it, in, in the way that it should be written, people were talking about the movies without actually giving away what, is going on sure, sure so on the surface when you read reviews and stuff or, or blurbs about them people are saying illness and sickness yeah, yeah, and affliction sure, sure, sure. so anyway well here's here's i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give like the, the the most cliff noted rundown of this just so that we can get the the general idea of the plot out of the way so yep. that we can start referencing things sure um you have uh, you have Jonggu, who's a policeman. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, called to a scene. He's bumbling. He's late to his job. He's you know whatever. He uh, shows up to a scene where uh, this guy basically killed an, like an entire family. Yeah. And he, the dude, is outside on the front porch, leaned handcuffed and leaned up against a pole, looking like like, like he's dead. I actually thought he was dead. I thought dead he was dead at, dead at first. first too. Yeah. He's got like this weird skin disease going on. Like he's all fucked up. His eyes are white. Like he's clearly not a normal human being, right? Mm-hmm. So as so as the movie progresses, you see more and more of these types of things uh, showing up. And there's rumors that all this started happening when the Japanese man came around. Right. There's a weird Japanese stranger that lives in the woods. Right. Um, eventually, um, Jong-Gu's uh, daughter, uh, Hyojin, she becomes aff- afflicted by this affliction. You know, she she, be- she, she gets starts the, to, she starts she to rashes show the, uh, yeah, and the skin mood sores. swings right. and the whole deal or whatever. And, 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 and so... So Jonggu goes to the woods with his partner, roughs up the Jap- Japanese man, um, or roughs up his house at least, tells him to leave. And as the story progresses, everything gets worse and worse and worse. You see the Japanese man doing some more stuff. We'll get into that later. And by the end of the movie, uh, shit hits the shit fan. Shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um. So just to just to just to say like this, this whole movie is very deeply rooted in, uh. South Korean folklore, uh-huh. as well as uh, a bit of Christianity, mm-hmm. as and well as a bit of uh, from Nepal. Uh, Is that what it was? Nepal? What no, you... it wasn't Nepal. There was another. There's another. There was another country's um, um, folklore that was that was had a lot to do with it. Oh, um, and, I, and I can't remember what it is offhand now. Yeah, I can't no, remember. No, it did. Go on. I'll, I'll I'll see. I'll find it. So so if it like. So the fact that uh, the people in town kind of think that it it's it's all stemming from this Japanese guy moving to town, yeah, you know that seems like a pretty ridiculous thing to say. Like, oh, this the stranger moved into town, and all of a sudden, all this stuff is happening because of him. But it's Whoa. it's all deeply rooted in superstition that mm-hmm. these people in this area, uh, like, kind of hold closely. So, uh, so that's where it all kind of gets crazy. Yeah. And then, like I said, they mix in a little bit of, uh, like, specifically Catholic themes and then uh, uh, shamanism. Yep. Stuff like that. So, so it, it gets crazy. 
the one thing that will hit you right off the bat when you Nepal watch this too, movie, yeah, it said, is Nepal. Okay, yeah, yeah, folk religions in Korea, Nepal, and the that's Catholic what I thought. Faith. Okay, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that you'll first realize when you when you start the movie is that the the imagery in this movie holds nothing back. It's pretty brutal. Like yeah. the makeup effects in this are incredible. Yeah. Like these, the people that you see that are that are afflicted, like they look legitimately like they're fucking dying. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty gnarly like uh and i was taken aback by it because you you rarely do you see um these types of characters look so realistic like in a lot of american movies it's really overdone and they look they look st- almost <laughs> stupidly fake right in a lot of these types of movies because they go out of the way to make it as as crazy as you know humanly possible right when less is more, and in this case, it's like simple tinting of the skin and like just vein work, just like a, yeah, just, vein work and like a few sores on the yeah, skin and dude, stuff like it, that. It was and they just super look super effective, like bloodshot eyes and stuff. They just look so frightening. It's super effective. Um, now the movie actually opens with uh, there's there's a lot of misdirection in this movie because mm-hmm. the movie actually opens with you see a guy out in the out in the woods who came across as a poacher to me. Maybe, maybe okay. Uh, he like he he came up to a snare trap with a dead deer, and he ends up kind of falling down a hill. The South Korea looks beautiful, by the way. There's all <laughs> these like rolling hills and mountains and stuff like that, and he's kind of hiking through this area. He goes to sling a dead deer over his back, falls down this hill, and he sees uh, the Japanese man. This is kind of your first introduction to the Japanese man, and he's, like, feasting on the deer's dead carcass. I didn't make the connection at first. Oh, you didn't? I didn't realize that the guy with the red eyes, mm-hmm. who was the, the Japanese man who was eating the carcass of the yep. deer, I didn't realize that was the Japanese man in the rest of the movie. Okay. I don't know why I didn't, but, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll go into him later. I have a lot of mixed feelings <clears throat> about the Japanese man. Well, but it's interesting. Like I said, there's a lot of misdirection in this movie because the first time you see the Japanese man uh, feasting on the deer and then he crawls over to this guy. He's like crawling like an animal and he's just wearing a loincloth. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, obviously it's him. Like he's he's some kind of demon or he's sure. fucked up in some way. And But then you realize as you're watching the movie, every time you have one of these scenes where the Japanese man is uh, hunting, so to say, like uh, like where he's where he's crawling on all fours. It's either told as a story from one character to the other, as like a like a flashback sort of thing, or it's a dream. Yeah. So you never actually you you start to realize well, you never actually see the Japanese guy doing any of these things. You only ever it's only ever word of mouth sort of things, mm-hmm. and you're seeing it played out on screen. So that's where a lot of the misdirect comes from. Yeah. Well, you know, and you don't know what's real and what's not right. in, in a lot of those right. that a lot, in a lot of those scenes. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's it's kind of a mind fuck because mm-hmm. you just you really don't know what to believe. One of the things that I liked about this movie quite a bit is that your you, your understanding of the movie is the same as the understanding of the main character. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jung. Yeah, uh, Jung Gu. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to interpret things. Right. He doesn't know what's what. And that's the exact same information that you're given as a viewer, too. Mm-hmm. They misdirect so much in this movie that you don't know what to... You might think that you have it figured out. And then watch it long enough, and everything you thought is, is just shot to shit. Well, and then at, and, t- at and times you And then you have to have... rebuild a new theory. And like, right. It's exactly at... him invest- as a cop investigating everything that's going on. As he gets new information, things change. And as he 
experiences things, <clears throat> things change. But not only as a police officer trying to do his job, but also as a desperate father trying to save yes. his little girl. So, yes. so uh, your your judgment becomes a little skewed. Uh, yeah, a little skewed when your own child is involved. Uh -huh. So, um, basically, he he you know he's he's part of these investigations where these there's these terrible murders happening and the common thread in all of these murders is that there's always one person who seems to have gone completely nuts mm -hmm. and like killed a family yep uh there's one woman who burns down a house with her whole family in it and then when they get to the scene she's still alive and she's like just rabid like yeah. freaking out attacking everybody and they can't figure out what's going on. Other than the fact that they, they know that they're all like kind of in hysteria. Right. Like they're all crazy and diseased and, and in the news, something's got to be causing it. In the they news, think that it's they'll mushrooms. Yeah, they think it's like a mushroom tonic that people have yep. been taking. So it's so they think it's just like uh, basically like the side effects of some terrible, like some drug that everybody's taking. Yeah. Um, so it's after <clears> the, you mentioned the, how the one that burned down her house. Yeah. It's it's after this that uh, um, that Jungu meets the woman in white right. for the very first time, and this is where the Christianity part comes in. And I didn't realize this at first. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I, I mean I did a lot of research on this because I needed to understand. I had my theories, but I kind of wanted to branch out and see what a lot of other people's theories were on it, so yeah. I could get a better understanding of what I just watched. Mm -hmm. And this didn't dawn on me at all. The very first time that you see the woman in white, what is she doing? Casting stones. Yeah, it's <laughs> she, he without sin cast she, the first. Yeah, well, in this ca case, cast the first stone. Right. And they start the movie with a biblical verse from John. Mm -hmm. And so this whole thing is 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 based in in Christianity. It's like it's kind of bookended by Christianity, right? With a lot of shamanism and Buddhism and the whole other things mixed in, and. Um, it it didn't sh it didn't strike me until then. Did you get that at first? Like was that something the, that even dawned on you? The casting yeah. stones thing. No, I was like, why the came, fuck is she throwing stones that at me? Like, I didn't get after it. Yeah, me, like after I thought about it for and it dawns on me. So time. the woman in white represents basically pure good. Right. She is. I don't know. I haven't decided whether or not she's a ghost, whether she's a guardian angel, or what she is. Whether she is a spirit inhabiting. A human body. That's I don't kinda, know exactly what she is. That's kind of what I took away from it because at one point she actually does make physical contact with Jonggu. So do ghosts, though. That's that's what I've never understood. There are ghosts that have been known to make physical contact. So I've never understood why she couldn't be a ghost and still do that. But the but, ja but, sure, but the Japanese man at the end he he says to the uh, there's a there's a a young guy who works for the Catholic Church and he says to him. Here, touch me. Like ghosts don't have flesh and bones, you know. True, that's true. Unless that was just, just. But then all again, though, if we're if deceit. we're to believe if we're to believe that evil takes control of human vessels, then so can good, right? Right, right. So right. okay, so I think that she was probably the the spirit of 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 the incarnate of good, actually in a, in inhabiting human, somebody, in, inhabiting a human body. Right. Sure, I'll go with that. Um, well, because I mean, wouldn't that I, that would be what Jesus was like? He Exactly. Like yeah. he was pure good inhabiting a, a human sure. vessel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, essentially, well, got, it's same, yeah, same essentially, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So then, so that's that's on that side of the good. The Japanese. We gotta get the Japanese man. <clears throat> yeah. We have to explain his his whole part in this. He's a dude that lives out in the forest in the jungle, and 
the jungle. No one really knows anything about him. They just know that he's there. Welcome yeah. to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jay. Hey. <laughs> we got Japanese man. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, so he lives out in the woods, whatever. Uh, the only thing that people really know about him is that he showed up when all this stuff started happening. Yeah. And that he's weird. Some people think he's a monk. Some people think that he's a uh, um, spiritual shaman or whatever. Some people think he's a ghost. Some people think he's a ghost. Um, so he is a dude that is... he He's my favorite character, hands down, of this entire movie. Uh, he's so conflicted and he's so hot and cold that you don't know how to take him. And I I think that I figured him out, I think. Well, and that's all by design for the for all the misdirection and everything. Absolutely. Look, this so, movie is not meant to be understood, I think, 100%. There are so many different interpretations of this movie that you can take from it. I don't think anything is necessarily 100% right. Well, so let's so. let's try real quick. Hold on. So so basically just to just to wrap up on the plot here, basically people are getting sick all over town. Once they get to a certain point in their illness, they just go completely nuts yeah. and they kill people yeah and then they sh uh, uh um john gu and a group of his friends basically go to the japanese man's house and find that he's for some reason he's got not only photos of all the dead people yep. from around town he also showed up at a lot of the scenes in the beginning right but he also has um uh like 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 physical trinkets from a lot of people Yes. Including... Personal possessions. Inc personal possessions, including the, the shoe of uh, young Hyojin, yeah. who is John Gu's daughter. So they they think that there's obviously some sort of like weird, uh, like dark magic going mm -hmm. on here. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's also got this <clears throat> crazy black dog that is outside of his house. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know if you took any meaning to that. Like a hound from hell, or hellhound. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's it's based in in folklore and yeah. in Christianity, that the hellhound is is this thing. And when mm -hmm. you know more about the ending of this movie, it makes a lot more sense. Right. A lot more sense. So, uh, so getting away from the plot here, let me just ask you: Do you think that so the Japanese man obviously by the end because there's there's a scene at the very end that's very messed up. <laughs> it may or may not have been our intro. <laughs> right. <laughs> to the, to Which week. you'll never know because it was in Korean. But uh, <laughs> do you do you think that he was... It's pretty obvious that at, at, in at least part... We, in we it, said there's going to be spoilers, so just say what you're going to say. Well, I'm trying to get to yeah. it. I, yeah, there's t tons of spoilers for this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, you shouldn't be listening to this. But <laughs> do you think that he was uh, evil? And possessed the entire the, time? No. No, I don't. Okay. I think that, um, well, this is a little bit confusing for anybody who hasn't seen the movie that still is trying to catch up here. Like I said, I, if I you wanna, haven't I seen this give, movie, go watch it yeah, and then come there's back. There's so many layers to this. If it's, you shouldn't be listening to this. Yeah, if it's confusing, I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. <laughs> so the Japanese man, he goes from a guy they find in the woods, and they find, uh, he seems like, he, in the very beginning of the movie, he's just a dude that's fishing, Right. He's just fishing in, in the lake or whatever, and that's all you know about him. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to take him at first. They find him in the woods. Uh, they ransack his house. They find in one room all the pictures, and there's like there's offerings, and there's an altar, and there's like all this really weird shamanistic black magic type stuff going on in there. Mm -hmm. And um, they basically give him two days to leave. Otherwise, they're going to come back and kill him. Right. 
Uh, he doesn't leave, clearly. He's got this dog who we think is the hellhound outside of his house. <laughs> um, and, and as you see the Japanese man, though, like you don't know how to take him because there are times when he has very humanistic elements and there are times where he has very uh, non-humanistic elements. Yeah. And by the end of the movie... Uh, he gets. They come back to his house to chase him out. He's chased through the woods by uh, 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 Gong uh, and his boys. Yeah. Basically, and there's a, there's a scene where he gets forced over the edge of a cliff, and he's holding on to the edge, mm -hmm. and he falls, and he uh, he gets to a point with himself where he's literally crying, mm -hmm. like he's he's weeping, and he and he wants everyone to stop chasing him and this and that. Like he looks like such a frail old man. Like 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 he's just he's he's so sorry for everything and this and that. Like why are you chasing me? I don't mean you any harm. Like right. and all this stuff. And so you think, okay, well maybe maybe he is good. Maybe he's completely mis you know misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. um, by the end of the movie, spoilers. I'm gonna say it for the very last time. By the end of the movie. Uh, he gets hit by a car and dies. This is, I, by the way, this is only like the middle of the movie. Okay, fine. This fine. is a really, this it's a two and a half yeah. hour long movie, but it, it doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. It moves pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So he he gets somehow while he's running through the woods after this part, uh, he runs to the road. It gets hit by John Goo's car mm -hmm. and dies. They throw him over a cliff. You think he's dead. Mm -hmm. uh, he ends up coming back at the end. And this is the scene that is freaky because he goes from being a dude basically resurrected from the dead mm -hmm. to the devil. Yeah. Or, Liter or a Literally. demon. Or a demon. <laughs> Could be a demon too. Well, he even he even admits to being the devil. He, he admits to being what... He admits to being what the guy thinks he is. Right. Not what he actually <clears throat> is. Um, and so the reason that I tell you this, the reason that we, that we go on to this is because... He he's you don't know how to take him because you would ask me if I thought he was evil the entire time. Mm -hmm. I do not because yeah. of that scene that told you about how while he's he's crying like mm -hmm. he's he's literally has the emotions of a distraught man who is is misunderstood and just doesn't want. He's a guy that feels like he's going to be killed and people don't understand what's actually going on. And I what what I feel is though is that he he was originally a monk. Mm -hmm. Well, I think. Um, where are you getting that from? Because people said the theories that he's a monk. Hmm. I think that he was. I think he started off as a monk. He okay. was a shaman. He was a. He was a very. Not. I know those two different things. Yeah, but that's he was. True. He was a practitioner of faith, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, clearly, he was a shaman, though, because he did the black magic and all that stuff. Right. And I think that that they they talk about in the movie how a shaman basically takes on the soul of the ghost, mm -hmm. and they and if that goes wrong, they can get take the soul of of, of an evil. Spirit. Well, a shaman a shaman will uh, at least by uh, by like by their beliefs, a shaman will invite ghosts into themselves. They're yeah. basically mediums. Yeah. They'll invite ghosts into themselves, and, and they want to achieve like a higher level of of power. But if they invite the wrong spiritual being into yes. themselves, and and they're and they're they mistake like a demon for a, a the type of ghost they want, then the demon can inhabit them, and then they can kind of do whatever here's, they want from there. Here's my takeaway from this movie. Mm -hmm. My takeaway from this movie is that the Japanese man uh, was basically a shaman that was trying that was basically following evil, mm -hmm. and followed followed evil to this place. Yeah. And tried to rid the tried to rid it of it, but made a mistake and inhabited the evil spirit. 
And that's why you see that's why you see the Japanese man. You mean the evil spirit inhabited? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why you see the Japanese man. He's uh, he's so, he's so sorry for what he's done, which is why he doesn't fight back when they first come because he mm-hmm. knows that the spirit does embody him, but it's not all the time. Like right. he's kind of half in control. That's what I was gonna say. That's, I think that's that... what I get out of it, and like that, that's why he's so sorry and weepy at that one point because he knows why they're fighting him, but he's he but he's also trying to help them, and he doesn't really. Well, um, I, th- I think at that point, like the the demon can basically just come and go from him as it pleases. Yeah, and that's why he's weeping because at that point the demon's not in him. Exactly, and and he doesn't want to be part of this anymore. And when he gets thrown in front of the the truck, mm-hmm. a lot happens in that scene. There's uh, he's. You see him chasing because as soon as he follows falls over that cliff, he sees the woman in white. Yep, and I think the woman in white was chasing him to there. Is what I think. Uh, no, I, I think what it was is I think what it was is that uh, he was he knows he probably knows that the woman in white is good, mm-hmm. and maybe he was going after her because he knew that she could help him. But once he gets to the cliff, the demon basically makes him throw himself in front of the car mm-hmm. because once he throws himself in front of the car John Goo makes the decision the terrible decision to take his body and throw it over the the uh, yep. the guardrail yeah and at that point John Goo has sinned and the woman in white can no longer protect him and his family she could mm-hmm. she could protect them up until that point well she wasn't though because the daughter was already infected at that point the daughter was uh, so going going back in the timeline. Uh, y- you remember when the shaman first shows up at their house and he points over at the the giant pot of soy yeah. sauce and he tells him to the bring crow. it down. That wasn't that wasn't a bad omen. That no, crow, I know. that crow was put there by the woman in white to protect the house. We jumped ahead. They were, they had a big vat of uh, soy sauce. Basically. Well, we jumped back. Actually, this is we, earlier in the well, movie. Well, yeah, but I, I skipped something though because I, I agree with you and you didn't get the uh, fin- the chance to finish. There's a there's a big vat of soy sauce up on a hill, and the shaman that they hired to come basically fix um, uh, Hoi Jin. Yeah. Uh, he basically goes, "What's in that pot up there?" They bring it down. He smashes it. There's a dead crow mm-hmm. in it. The dead crow, um, according to somebody online that I was watching, mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably watched the same thing. I don't know if I... Okay, maybe, I well, he claims that uh, he goes, he's, he's a Korean person himself, yeah. and he goes, he knows that in the culture, a dead crow basically puts up a barrier like a for, for evil. Well, in, in Western, like in Western culture for us, a, a crow is typically uh, like a, a sign of death. Okay, yeah. You know, because crows... Yeah. crows Gather around uh, crow like left dead, in the murder, dead carrion and stuff like what? A crow left in the murder. That's not what that means. No. Well, a, w- when you have a group of crows, they're called a murder. Oh, it's mind. a murder of crow. Never mind. So a crow left of it's the a murder. Sweet name for yeah. that though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, um, I always thought that's where that came from. But never mind. So, so he. Uh, so, but in Western culture, like we think of crows as kind of bad omens, but yeah. apparently, like in traditional uh, Asian culture, crows are actually good omens. Well, Korean culture. Well, Korean culture, yeah, yeah are good omens. So, uh, when he has them smash, when he smashes the thing of soy sauce and releases the crow, he basically takes down the safe barrier yeah. around the house and allows the demon to further infiltrate the the the, the house. Yeah. 
So, so, so this this shaman that they hire to basically fix their family is kind of in on it with the demon the whole time. That, that this is another misdirect. Was he in on it the entire time, or when when uh, when John Gu interrupted his ritual, mm-hmm. which he said, "Do not interrupt this because it can backfire." Yeah. When he interrupted it at the end, did the evil spirit then inhabit him? Was he good to begin with, and then that came in afterwards? Or do you think that he was kind of working with him the entire time and this was a setup and everything was in place? See, to me, this is one of the scenes that I thought was so brilliant. Uh, there was a scene where he was doing the huge, they call it a, a goot, the, yeah. the, the, the ceremony that he was doing. And he was, he basically had a, uh, like an effigy that he was pounding stakes into. Mm-hmm. And this was a death hex. It was supposed to kill the Japanese man. Yeah. But you could tell that it was, it was... Everything that he was doing was directly, like, it was directly affecting the daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and I think that's why the, uh, the, uh, ceremony that, like I said, this was brilliantly edited because there, the Japanese man was also doing a ceremony at the Mm -hmm. same time and his was very quiet and, and sort of like a complete juxtaposition from what was going on with the shaman. Yeah. I think that the... I think that maybe the 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 Japanese man was like what he was doing was completely separate from what was going on. I've heard, I've read that theory too. So yep. he like I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he himself was trying to cast the demon out of himself. I kind of got that as well. You can take it as two different ways though, because he has the picture of a newly uh, infected person in front of him. Yeah. And so you could go either that he is. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot a lot about of things. That. A lot of things with the photo is that in a lot of these uh, older cultures they believe that a photograph captures the soul. Right. And so what they do is they take a picture of a person, then offer that photo up to the devil or up to whatever uh, deity that that, right. they're, that they're offering it to. And that's how you capture a soul and offer a soul to somebody. So you could take it in one of two ways. You could take it as though the the Japanese man's ritual was to offer the soul to a demon mm-hmm. because he's bad. Or that maybe he was praying for that soul to try to save that person's soul and himself or something. You know what I'm saying? I, you could take it two different ways. You just don't know. It's right. not spelled out in any way, shape, or form. So because it's, that, it's all interpretation. That particular soul, it was a dead guy in a car. Yeah. And he... He almost seemed scared when he returned to the car and realized that the body was gone. You know what I mean? He, did, he, did he seem scared, though, or did he do that on purpose to to reanimate that guy to protect him because he knew people were coming? No, is that... So when, when it reanimates a body, is that the uh, is that the demon itself? So at that point, when that body came to life and attacked John Goo and his crew, <laughs> was... Uh, was there no demon inside of the Japanese man? And that's why he was just looking on from the woods I don't kind think of that in there, horror? Yeah, yes. I don't think that there was. I've, I also read, too, that when he wakes up, because ugh, this is so convoluted if you don't know this movie, and I apologize <laughs> yeah, to anybody I'm sorry I apologize to anybody to listen to. to. Just You need to see this movie because it's such a confusing and layered movie. Mm-hmm. To, to understand what we're trying to say, yep. you, you really need to see this movie. So it's you're, at this point, fuck you. It's your fault for not watching it. <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, so while he's doing this ritual, though, while the other shaman uh, ritual is going on, there's a scene where they both take place at the same time. Um, the person that, that the Japanese man has in 
in his house where he's praying to is a is a guy that's dead in his truck right. down down the road. Yeah. And it's almost as if after everything is said and done, the Japanese man wakes up after after what you think is being hurt by the shaman's ritual. Mm-hmm. He wakes up almost in a panic. Like he remembers what he did and he runs back to the truck mm-hmm. to see if the guy is still there. It's almost like he remembers that the demon used his body well, first, first to resurrect though, this guy. First though he crawls into bed, right? Like he's just freezing. Like he crawls into bed and he covers up with a with a blanket yeah. and he looks out his door and the woman in white is standing out there. Yeah. But the, the woman in white but the, because <sighs> <laughs> It's, it's and that's it's, and that's it's why so and that's and that's another one of the, another one of the big misdirects that we didn't mention is the fact that we're we've been talking this whole time about the woman in white being the 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 good yeah the the guardian of the the town the good angel or whatever. There's a good portion of this movie that you spend thinking that the woman in white is Could actually be the bad, demon because you don't because nobody yeah it, oh, it's it's so good. it's awesome it's, it's so, so good, good. <laughs> here's it's, the it, way that but, i interpret and, and that even up until the last 5 minutes you still think that the woman in white is a demon the way that i yeah the way that i interpret the woman in white though in that particular scene mm-hmm. is later on in the movie you see the shaman come back to the village and the woman in white greets him and then he just starts to like projectile vomit and everything else and that's your first hint that you see that her power of good just like his his badness cannot but see at that point you still think that the shaman is on the family side yeah you when, don't know when he you first don't know. when he first shows up i was like oh he's going to warn the family and then she steps out of the shadows and she, all she says is what are you doing here yeah and he starts to bleed from the nose and starts to vomit everywhere and then she says leave and he just gets up and he leaves yeah and then he gets back to his house and he starts like packing up his shit. You're like, oh man, this guy's getting out of town. And then like a dead uh, a dead crow gets flung through the door, and, and the locust. Yeah, well, see that's so, so now that's two different entities at work there. The when she told him to leave. Yep. Even though you might have thought that she was the demon waiting outside of their house, she tells him to leave because she knows that he's in on it with the Japanese man. Yeah, and then he gets back home, and he's like, "I'm not dealing with this anymore." And then he goes to drive out of town, and then the real demon, the Japanese man, sends the locusts. Say, "Don't you fucking leave!" And it says, "Don't you leave!" You turn right <laughs> back around, and you go back, you and have, you do you my have, bidding. You have work to do. Yeah. And so then he calls John Gu and says, "Go back to the house. Yeah. Your daughter needs you." And yeah. and then when he gets back to the house, he meets up with the woman in white. Yep. And she says, don't go back to that house. I set up a trap for the demon. All you have to do is you have to have faith in me. And if you pass it, you're going to screw it up. If Right. You have to have faith in me. You just This is your test. This is your trial. You have to have faith in me, and you have to sit here until uh, the crow, or until the rooster crows three times. Mm-hmm. And if you go back before the rooster crows three times, then I can't do anything else to help you. So- and then, of course, he goes back and... Ugh. So there's Just screws the whole thing. We up. could we could dissect all of the different things that happen in this movie until we're blue in the face <laughs> because there's so much of it. Um, but on a on a much broader scale though, this is at this point in time I want to bring up what I what I thought is that I know the director of this movie is 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 a Christian. Is a Christian. I don't know if he's Catholic. I forget the, the I, he mentioned in an interview, but I know he's Christian though for sure. Yeah. Um, which a lot of South Koreans are. I think thirty yeah. percent of the population I think is. Okay. Now shamanism is still practiced in certain small things. In fact, there was just a uh, there was just a big huge news uh, news report 
that the like last year the president of South Korea got uh, impeached and thrown out because she was practicing shamanism. Oh, really? Because there or she was connected to a cult that practiced shamanism or whatever. Hmm. Like their society is moving away from that, uh, and they're becoming much more of a Christian, I think, society. Uh-huh. Uh, that being said, you're always going to have your traditional people that believe sure, that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, the when when you have when he goes back to the house or whatever and she is she is saying no believe in me right mm-hmm. you need to be, put your faith in me and she is representing the the Christian mm. version of, of religion and the bad guys are the you know, the demons and all that the stuff shaman. they're representing yeah. the old world of it right there's a part of me that wondered if there's not a little bit of the struggle between just religious faith in general in so South just Korea the whole, just the whole movie it's, was an it, allegory for the like I don't the, think the whole movie I think I think that say that the entire movie is one thing or another is unfair I think there's a lot of different layers well you think you but, think one of the main themes though is the like a, the struggle between the old world religions it very and well Christianity. could be I think that it very well I, could be yeah I think you're you know, spot one, on with 110%. That. Because mm-hmm. even there's a part where um, uh, 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 Jungu's uh, partner's cousin or nephew or something like that yeah. is a deacon for the, right, for the right. Christian church. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, they actually go see a priest at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And the priest even says, there's nothing more that we can do for you. You need to trust your doctors when it comes to your daughter. Basically saying, this is nothing religious that is going on. She's sick. Mm-hmm. Yet everybody else believes. No, this is mystical. This is shamanism. This is everything else. You even you know there's that juxtaposition between but those from, two things. From too. a Christian standpoint, for from the uh, from the director, what are you saying then? There, like like you, they go they go seeking the help of the church. Yeah, and there there obviously seems to be some sort of nefarious thing going on, and the church kind of turns them away and says, "Well, I think the don't church- worry about this. Let." Let modern medicine take think, care of it. There's nothing I think the, the church idea, can do for you. I think the idea is just that it's it's that mysticism, you know, is what they thought it was, mm-hmm. and and to the church, mysticism isn't really a thing that they believe in. So right. it's like this isn't the church doing. This is nothing. That, like, she's sick. Right. Go to a doctor. Yeah. Like, like this is not a spiritual crisis. This is her being sick. Yeah. I, you know, that that's kind of how I took it, and it might not. That could have nothing to do with it, but this movie's so good at being open to interpretation. You can yeah. get anything that you want out of it, you know. Definitely. Um, now, at the very, very end of the movie, I feel that I feel that if we're gonna give away spoilers, we have to give away at least the end. <laughs> um, so this Deacon guy that we just mentioned, he goes and after the Japanese man is killed by the hit and run, basically, and dumped over the edge, you think he's dead. He shows back up later in a cave, and mm-hmm. he's around a fire. And this deacon guy goes and tracks him down. And this is when you f- you finally see at the very end of the movie a transformation. And that the Japanese man, for all of the symp- sympathy you might have given him throughout the movie and this and that, he suddenly has a change of face and is is and is like, you know, what makes you what makes you the, the, the deacon basically says, Tell me who you really are and I will leave. He says he's, yeah, he says, uh, yeah, tell me your true form. And, and I, I'll leave and you I'll alone. And I'll leave you alone. And, they got, and then the Japanese man, in a completely change of character, just goes, well, what makes you think that I will let you leave? Well, he plays into it for a minute, though. Yeah. He says... But he, it's so he, creepy. He says, he says you, you, if I, you know, you won't believe me. And yeah. he's like, you know, try me. I'll, I'll believe you. And, but then you'll leave me alone? You know, he's like, be, he's like kind of reaching for sympathy from us, from yeah. the crowd, sort of. Yeah. And he's saying, then you'll leave. You'll leave me alone. You'll let me just be. And then the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, 
he starts to well, kind of he starts to kind of chortle, and, he, and the guy's like, "What?" He's like, "Well, who said that I would let you leave?" And yeah. then all of a sudden, the guy like the last thing that you see is the guy's frozen in fear, and now the Japanese man shows his true form, which and, is a horrifying demon. Yep. Now, Ooh. do you think he's Satan or do you think he's the demon? I don't. Well, I, mean, I think I don't think he's like, I don't... like you said earlier when the when when the when the deacon walks in and he says, uh, "I think you're the devil." The Japanese man says, "Well, you've already made up your mind. Then I I am what you think I am." Now, is it possible that he just like shape shifted into what he wanted to see, and that his form could be anything? Because he's Christian, he sees the devil, so that's who he's going to look like. If Maybe, it was yeah. if it was in the Korean culture, it could be something else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know because because he looks like a little gremlin demon type thing, and that could be the that could be the devil. Yeah. But it could not be. I mean, if he's the devil, who is he? Who is he sacrificing souls to? He's keeping them for himself. But who is he sacrificing to? What do you mean? If he was a demon, I could see him capturing the souls and then and then doing the rituals in order to offer those souls to the devil. Yeah. If he's already the devil, who is he offering the souls to? Himself. I don't know. <laughs> well, why would he need to? Do, why would he need to do a ritual for that? He already had them. Well, I don't know. Well, that's I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like if you're going by old world standards, maybe that's just the way it goes. Sure, you know? I don't know that there is or not though. That's the thing. I just, <laughs> it's just it's, I'm just I'm just talking to my ass here. Dude, like, the whole the whole movie's crazy. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. uh I I think we need to end it because we're probably just kind of talking in circles at I, this point. I I don't disagree. Well, uh, there's a couple of things I do want to bring up though, is that in the very very beginning we mentioned how the Japanese man was fishing. Mm-hmm. Did you notice what he was doing in that opening scene? What he was doing? Yeah. You just said it. He was fishing. No, well, no. Did you notice the when he was threading the worm onto the hook, though? That there was two hooks? Yeah. Which was a little bit weird for a fishing hook? I did, actually. Yeah. I, I saw that, and I, and I couldn't help but wonder, does that mean that the worm is basically like the victim's? And the fact that there's two hooks means that there's two possessed people that are in play the entire time. Being oh, the Japanese man and the shaman. And, the shaman. Mm. and from the very get-go, it's just like, we're fishing, and there's two of us, and we're using bait, and we'll see who comes. Right. Because they even say, they, they say that uh, at some point in the movie, they say something about him fishing. Yeah. And and I I think he, like, attempted to, they say, word around town is he attempted to, like, assault a woman. Sure. Or something. And then they say he was... Uh, what do they say? They say he was fishing, and then they well, they he use asked it, why they, his daughter. They uh, use it. Yeah, John Goo asked yeah, why. Yeah, John Goo asked why. Why my daughter though? And and it's the not guy specific. Says, he was just fishing. And the she... guy says, do you, "When you go fishing, do you know what you're gonna catch?" Yeah. And he says, "No." And he's like, "Well, that's it. You just cast the bait and see, see yep. what you get." Yep. And but that's a really good point though about the two hooks. I didn't even think about that. I think I think that was kind of a setup from the get go, just to know that there's there are two evil things that yeah. are fishing out there. Two hooks. Two hooks. Yeah. Damn. That's is is kind of what I thought, but that's crazy. I gotta, right. I'm gonna watch this movie again. I'm going to as well. Actually, I'm gonna make <laughs> Jen watch it because I think I'm I'm gonna make Aaron watch it too because I think she'd have a lot of good insight about this. But anyway, I think we need to wrap it up because yep. we we just oh, hit the sorry. two hour mark and uh, we did real quick though. Sorry, what? sorry. The daughter when she gets possessed, yep. did she not look like Emily Rose 
in her possessed all crazy con- like contorted oh when she was laying she's in the, on the ground in the, when she was laying oh. in the uh, hospital bed she yep. had her wrists all yep. locked yep. up and yep. so yeah so fucking and her, crazy and, she, and her neck was stretched out and her eyes were rolled back so that was, creepy. <laughs> all right anyway <laughs> and then there was the dude the one guy who was possessed and he bent his back so far backwards that broke. his well his, his collarbone uh, broke, his collarbone broke. Yep. oh my gosh yep Awesome. You need to watch this, Jay. Yeah, this I will. <laughs> dude. Yeah, this movie was uh, it was something uh, really, really good. So check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called The Wailing. It's from 2016. <laughs> I'm so not sorry sh- about all the spoilers. If you're if you've made it this far and you <laughs> haven't watched the movie yet, then shame on you for yep. listening to this whole thing. Yep. Uh, and that's and, all I'll say. And I'm sorry because I'm sure none of it made any sense to you. No, whatsoever. probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway. Um. Uh, that's it. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud <laughs> at the Buzzkill Podcast, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, Horror Amino. That's correct. I know that correction I said, for next week. <laughs> I know that I said I was gonna do it, but my family has been sick for like a month and a half straight. Like two weeks, dude. You know like what? Sure well, I've said it for two weeks because we actually have been sick, like all like for the past month and a half. So get off my ass about it. You're fired. Anyway, where else can people find us, Michael? Uh, you, you can find us on Twitter, the Buzzkill PC. You can find us on iTunes. Leave a leave us uh, leave us a one star review. That's my, here's here's my here's my challenge for all of you people listening. I want you to leave at least a one star review. That's all I, we're asking for is one star. I didn't approve this. That's it. Give us one star. Or five. Five's cool too. I we're gonna start every week. Every week we're gonna go up to one to two to three to four. We're gonna we're gonna build our way up. I don't really like that idea, but <laughs> give us a five star review. Tell us that James is terrible at using the internet and um if you want to find J-Rod, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Yeah, wow. buddy. <laughs> wow, that just happened. I love how locked in that is every time. <laughs> I just lip sync it. Boom, uh, that was the drop. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that was a good time. I, uh, I'd actually, we'll probably call each other and talk about this movie way more. We so. really wailed on that last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Adios.